Uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Boy Howdy Podcast. I am Bill Mudrin. Go no on. one else. Oh, no. Okay. It's just Bill alone this is in this room. Uh, with this week's episode, we're talking about Star Trek. Woo! So with me, I have uh, the aforementioned Patrick Parley. Hello. Hello. Caden uh, Lane. Howdy. And Zilla McConus. I'm not going to apologize for what I said about Doctor Who. We're still getting bad <laughs> feedback from that. Well, Seriously? Bad feedback, but, oh, like, wow. People are still pissed off. Well, you missed the Doctor Sorry, Who Sorry, Internet. I did. And that and holiday episode, It's. did you just happen to mention the, the bare obvious fact that the holiday episode sucked? We didn't even get to that part. We doesn't, just, oh, but we doesn't just, the holiday Patrick, episode always suck? No. No, no last year's was pretty cute. So I don't mean to... But no, 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 but like, no, we... We, you threw us under the bus. I know. In the next, oh, I, was ta- I can't. Well, I was talking about. I was hoping to have Patrick in a slightly different. Like I forget. Like I had a different idea for the Doctor Who episode. Basically, yeah, I was Patrick fine with it. Bill but then said Eddie came the back. The reason that it sucked was because uh, you weren't here. Yeah. And he, had to, he had to use me and Dylan as as the fill in. Oh, I'm flattered. Yeah. Well, no, because you're such a doctor. <laughs> well, no, I was. That's, that's I, what I was going to do. I was going to do a mama bear, papa bear, baby bear thing where like like. Patrick okay. knows the most about Doctor Who. It's I know ne- like less than he does, but still, you know, moderate amount of stuff. You guys know the show, but not that much. And then uh, that would we would have been the Goldilocks Bears. Annie knows nothing about Doctor Who. She would have just been the Goldilocks, and we would have just been yelling at her the whole time. Whatever. So, but instead, it just turned out to be uh, th- two of the three bears and Goldilocks. I, I want to make it clear. No, not even a Goldilocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to make it clear to the listening audience that. Engaging in critique of a story does not negate the possibility of, of oh, admiring and having an affection. expression of love. The only reason we even complain is because, you know, we like, the, well, at least some of us like the show. Unlike I Katie like Lane. the show! <laughs> when did I ever say I didn't like the show? I don't know, just you. I love no. the show. Uh, you're the one who definitely had the most problems with the last season, though. Yeah. Which, uh, we all agree that last season was not very good. Yeah. It just, you had the most. It had moments of glory, but uh, it's... It, I find it fun to pick things apart that yeah. I find enjoyable. Well, we're we're all supposed to be writers and shit like that, so we're all that's we're kind of built to pick apart that's like true. what we think is like weak parts and stories and stuff like that. Yeah, so. Like people like opening up the hood of a car and being like, "Well, this Chevy's a piece of shit." I've yeah, had it's like ten years. It's like taking a mechanic to the car show. Yeah, it's so, true. Like, yeah. It's true. True. But yeah, so uh, uh, this is not about Doctor Who. This is about Star Trek. We actually do like Star Trek as opposed to Star Trek. We have positive things to say. Good God. <laughs> no, man. Anyway, so should we introduce you guys more? Do you guys want to talk about who, uh, what you do and where you're from? And... No, not really. <laughs> you just, Patrick, you just launched a brand new uh, Flint Punk webcomic. I you did. should want to talk about this. You should. Okay, I, I'm just terrible at pimping my own That's stuff. Alright, I'll, gi- I'll give you an Man, intro, Man, there are like Patrick. three people listening to this, you don't have to worry about getting Pat to all. Oh give you God. an intro. She's good, she's good at pimping. I'll be your hype man. Okay, take it away. Uh, Patrick Farley is a member of the the webcomics Pantheon. You've, you've been a, a bright, shining star in the constellation of digital Whoa. comics for quite some time. I remember the first time I encountered your body of work, my tiny mind was blown. Uh, very wide-ranging subject matter from, uh, you had a, a, a Buddhist comic, or about a, a Jain, the, uh, the people who, um, will only eat fallen fruit and will wear a mask so they don't accidentally breathe in insects. It's basically... I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a, it's the absolute furthest end of the nonviolent spectrum. He said something about that, and he had stuff about working in the dot-coms and being horribly disillusioned by them, and then he'd also have these crazy psychedelic stories about a far future lady named Delta and yeah. her Patrick's crazy and her trippy insights into life the universe and everything so what's your website it's Ishi 
comics? Uh, electric Sheep Comics with an X. Dot com. Yeah. He just edgy. launched. What? And is it Delta Thrives? Um, is the new comic that you just launched? It's the new. The series is now called Delta Survives. Oh, Delta Survives. Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's set when she's in her twenties, which is sometime in the twenty fifties. Okay. Uh, she lives in a um, half-submerged Silicon Valley, and no spoilers, but yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's gonna. Be you fun. had to see this. It's not a drawn comic. It's. Uh, it's it is, it is, it it's is an a comic in, for the web. It is an infinite canvas comic that just you just have to go check it out. Just yeah, go to uh, electricsheepcomics.com and just it's comics. just shit's fucked up. I've got a single word for you nerds. Parallax. Yeah. Oh man, the fish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you like the fish. Like three man. people in the audience just freaked out when I said that and everybody else is like you should what be making screensavers. Con- like, your webcomics, you just click to save this portion <laughs> the of the comic. The greatest Ooh, compliment you can possibly give. Your work's amazing. You should be making screensavers. <laughs> yeah! I take that as a you should, Yeah, you should yeah. work for Microsoft. Uh, anyway. Anyway. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words. And, um, yeah, I should also point out, if you do look at that comic, it's not safe for work. Uh, it's not... No. It yeah. Is, it well, is. it's safe for work if you work where I work, which is Periscope Studio, where oh. there was, like, a solid hour the morning you launched it, where about every ten minutes someone would be like, Whoa! <laughs> what? What's the... Oh. Well, as the comic cascaded through the studio, pe- yeah. different people, were, like, yeah, getting Yeah, the same thing the happens comic, whenever yeah. Bill puts a Twitter link up. There will <laughs> yeah. just be, like, little gasps of horror will just slowly... Oh thread their way through the horseshoe-shaped comic book studio. I wish I had a a hidden camera down there just to gauge people's reactions from stuff like that. Yes, but if you work anywhere else... Yeah. Yeah, Save it for home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you enjoy it more. Twitter did not exist the last time I worked in an office environment, so I just assume that people aren't even on Twitter anyway. Like, the whole social media thing, I'm I'm not used to people thinking that's that's what they're doing at work all day. People look at that stuff on their phones. Yeah. That's true, too. I don't even think about that. Well, if it's on their phones, then who gives a shit? Well, but it's not as it's not as pretty. Like oh, I would true. never look at Patrick's. Oh no, I, I was I was thinking about like terrible uh-huh. animating gifts and stuff I post. Well, anyway, that. that's Patrick. Katie Lane uh, is. Uh, I teach people how to negotiate, and make money. Yeah, pretty Ooh. much. Um, I like to talk to artists in particular and nonprofits, people who who usually have a harder time standing up for themselves. I can t- teach you how to negotiate like a badass and. Um, I have opinions. Yeah. It turns out mostly about stories and science fiction. Katie's and, uh, one of the smartest people I know. She's she's wow. well, not just smart, but you also you have good opinions. You have the thank right you. opinions. All <laughs> you're not wrong about stuff. Well, Which is, thank you. Yeah. Uh, your uh, your uh, website is uh, my website is workmadeforhire.net. Yeah, and she yeah she does a lot of posting about yeah how freelancers and uh, not even just artists but anyone who. Uh, is not part of the normal workforce can just like pretty much survive the uh, contract negotiation stuff, uh, all kinds of just everything like ta- like tax yeah. advice, not even tax advice, but just like motivational stuff, all kinds of stuff. It's a great package. Well, I, I my background is as a lawyer, and, yeah. and so I I know all of that 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 weird stuff about business um, that they teach lawyers, and I, I I see no reason why you shouldn't know it too. So it's really hot when you read it. Yeah, you yeah. like that? <laughs> and you're like, this clause is bullshit. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Thank you, baby. And that is the voice of uh, Dylan McConus. Hi. What the hell's your website? DylanMcConus.com? Yeah, strangely enough. Weird how that works. It's a, well, it's you're the only person in the whole room who has just... It was the, an abstract choice. Yeah. As you can tell, Dylan is not a boy, as everyone seems to assume she is. 
Oh, I have exciting news. For the first time in my entire life, a barista spelled my name correctly on the coffee cup and said, Oh, I know another girl, Dylan. Oh, really? Congratulations. Yay! Well yes! done. Literally the first time this has ever happened. You think happened. if that's going to happen, that's going to happen in Portland. It was at Starbucks, though. Oh, really? Yeah. What are you doing at Starbucks? At, in Portland. All right, so I'm, I'm... Oh, wow, your freelance geek artist uh, cred just took a hit. I know, here's oh, no. why, here's yeah. why. Oh, no. So I have been crunching to uh, to salt away extra pages of my comic because I'm going to be gone for What's a week. What's your comic? Family Man. Where'd you find it? LutherLevy.com or just search for Family Man. Yeah. Don't click on the Nick Cage movie from several years ago. Click on the werewolf uh, intellectual thing from the 1700s. <laughs> but I'm doing, so I'm doing like twice as much work as I normally would on it. And uh, normally when I'm coloring a page, which is a long, arduous, and slightly mind-numbing process, I'm doing it late at night and I'm doing it at home. So it's kind of a eye of the tiger endurance yeah. scenario. She's plied with wine and, and I chocolate. Always, I always have like red wine and and chocolate or you know tea with a lot of sugar in it to basically just keep flooding my brain oh, with yeah. dopamine so that it will <laughs> stop complaining. I'll have silly television on. Like it is a full on self bribery scenario. So, I, but I was coloring in the middle of the day at the studio today, uh -huh. and I, I kept getting up every five minutes and just wandering around bothering people because my brain was just like, "You should be filling me with sugar right now." Well. Come on, we had a deal. Oh, there is a Starbucks like less than half a block away yes. from the studio. So I, just, I, went, I just realized. I went across that, yeah. the street, got something very sugary, came back. And all was good. My butt did not move from that chair until I was done. <laughs> so apparently I just, I was in a contract negotiation with my brain, and it made its terms clear to me. <laughs> it wanted sugar. It wanted sugar, and uh, we were able to negotiate a settlement that uh, suited both of our needs. I am glad. Mm -hmm. Woo! So that's us. That's the, the that's, uh, that, that's been this week's podcast. Thanks to everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next week. That was so easy. Uh, no, so, uh, yeah, this is the introductory part of our podcast. Uh, it's no, now you know who all we are. Uh, so, yeah, what did you guys do this week? Anything interesting that anything uh, happened to you guys? Because usually me and Andy talk about what happened this week, but usually it's about games and stuff like people listening to the podcast would empathize with. I don't know. Did, you, did any of you guys play any awesome Xbox games? You just watched me play Skyrim for no. two seconds. No! There is a long and fertile Did you science. guys... Well, I had people... I gotta watch. tell you, Bill, I don't know where you find the time to play games. Like, I know... Well, at two o'clock in the morning, my bedroom is I'm falling asleep. Well, okay. But well, I mean, to be but, fair, I've not been playing a lot of games. Uh, this Skyrim okay. game, which takes like 100 hours to complete, uh -huh. I've only played like like 20 hours of it. Like That's like five-minute chunks over the course of like the last three months. So yeah, it's not really? like I've been really going crazy yeah. on or anything like that. Yeah. I barely even by. You made it through the, the most recent Zelda game, though. Oh, that's true. But that yeah, that was bullshit. You're sitting there like uh, <laughs> I've been through twenty this. hours of quests. I, I understand already, that as somebody yeah. who who has made the conscious decision not to be a gamer, I'm just like, why would you do something for twenty hours if it's not fun? Zelda was thirty five hours. <laughs> that was that was wow. like a full week's worth of work that I pretend didn't exist and then no one paid me to do it. Wow. It's almost like, like it. you do comics. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> well, this is what I do instead of going outside and getting exercise. <laughs> Riding the bus as often. You know, as much as you guys ride the bus to work, or at least these two guys do. Uh -huh. uh, not Patrick, as he works from home. Yeah, right across probably, the street from I do. I could probably play quite a lot. If yeah, you on the bus. If you were to see, yeah, if you were to work from Sadly, home, and spend that time. What I play Pokemon. on the bus is Sudoku or Fruit Ninja, which doesn't. You're really playing count. games. No, you're a gamer, kind of sort. <laughs> not really at all. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we watched Game of Thrones the other day. Kate did not. She stayed home, but yeah, uh, that's I the only stayed thing home to watch uh, um, 
Yeah, what's Parks and Rec and um, Star Trek. So. Oh, were you watching the latest episode of Parks and Rec? Or? No, no, I was on Netflix. I oh, because you, you guys also. just started watching it. Is that? Dylan's been watching it, and I, um, I tried. I, atmos- I atmospherically wooed you into mm. it. I, but you know what? I respected your reasons for not liking it initially because Katie has actually been to all of those county meetings. I that have. They, oh, that's they true. Yeah, it was so, like going back to work, but worse. That's not. not that's not that's, a funny lark. You know, that's why we never. Wa- <laughs> my, my mom is a doctor, and we never watched ER. Yeah. Or we never watched any medical yeah. show at home. A because she was tired of it, and B because she was so annoying to yeah. watch those shows yeah. with. It was bad enough having to looping around Star Trek. <laughs> bad enough that my dad in every episode of Star Trek would point out all of the tactical errors that they were committing on away teams. Yeah. We <laughs> Dylan's can, we can dad that. drove a Panzer tank in World War Two. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. At least he thinks he did. Uh, yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. So. Uh, no. The first season of Parks and Recreation is terrible, yeah. though. No. Well, and I used to work for. I used to work in a county attorney's office. Oh, oh that's right. Government work yeah. was my job. And oh. I would go to all the public meetings. You and flashbacks. To be yeah. fair, Parks and Recreation doesn't. I mean, I know it's set in an office in a government building, but it doesn't seem like it's actually that reflective of specifically government stuff. Unless I said <laughs> Katie is not. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes, it is. It is. It is like a an acid flashback without the acid. How, how far into the trip have you gotten? Um, I don't know, because I started, like, halfway... <laughs> well, I started first... halfway through whatever's on Netflix, and then I ended, and I'm now back at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a good show. The first season was terrible. Uh, the only reason I started watching it recently was... I had seen the first uh, season, and I thought it was terrible. It was just, like, an office ripoff. Yeah. But Annie, uh, beloved uh, co-host of the Boy Howdy podcast... Happy birthday, Annie! Happy birthday! Who's not here because I kicked it's her off birthday? this week. Yeah, tomorrow is her birthday. She is celebrating tomorrow. She has already tweeted about how she went out and got, like, a foot massage and shit today. All the stuff she would have been doing, oh. not been doing if she'd been here recording, exactly. she did some great stuff, so I oh. kick her off. And wow. it just also happens that Star Trek Next Generation just came out on Blu-ray today, so it was a, that's why we're happy. No, the Star reason Trek Annie's episode. birthday is always an event is because, you know, she's one of the few friends I have who eats red meat. Yeah. And she always wants to eat steak on her birthday, and that's usually, like, the one time of year I eat red meat is on Annie's birthday, so. Yeah. Aww. You're gonna yeah. have to give her a call. I guess I will. Yeah, you're gonna have to go for burgers or something tomorrow. Steak. Either steak. that, we'll have steak here, and we'll just have an Annie effigy, effigy just have steak with us. Um, that would be quite the same. It's I like- have Annie's gift. <laughs> Bill, disturbingly, I was picturing an Annie effigy made of steak. That's what I technically was isn't that wasn't that what Annie is? Not, sort yeah. of like, and I'm gonna keep looping around back to Star Trek here. Sort of like the cake. That is Deanna oh, Troy. Deanna Troy. Oh, that was that terrible. Oh. oh man, we were <laughs> watching Tom Petty videos the other night, and Bahar oh. brought up like, oh, I was God, like yeah. is, this, is this the one that's like the Star Trek video where they eating people with cake and stuff? Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure that you could say just about anything, and I would figure God. out how I, just, how I could connect it to it. The image of carving Star into Annie, just like a big ham slice or something like that. Just, it's oh. just horrible. Oh. Happy birthday, well, Annie. We're there, talking about well, you. While she's just sitting there reading a book, you know, just yeah. Annie, you would be delicious. But, uh, yeah, Parks and Recreation, good. Yeah. Uh, you haven't seen it yet? What, Parks and Recreation? Yeah. No. Yeah, should, it's, uh, do you have uh, Netflix? I do. Yeah, it's all Netflix instant streaming. If you have that, then you should watch it. I watched a documentary last night called The Age of Stupid. Mm. Oh, no. Uh, it's a uh, it's a global warming documentary, but it's it's got a science fictional framing device where it features Peter Postlethwaite as the last man on Earth. Say it again. Peter Postlethwaite? Yeah. <laughs> he you just know, died, like, last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's great though, but he's just. Is it a documentary? 
Well, it's a documentary. I mean, not a documentary, but is it like... It's a documentary about the modern age. It's a propaganda documentary. Right, it's it's all like global... It's like a Michael Moore thing. It's it's got some cool animation, but basically, the, <laughs> but no, it's got. But the framing device is Peter Postlethwaite is the last man on Earth, and he's sitting in this genetic archive of like, you know, there's like like Titan E, sort of like Titan E, yeah, just like there's there's this archive dolphins, huh? Yeah, um, and he's about to send the signal into space, and he's just saying, I don't understand. We're the only species destroyed ourselves and knew that we were doing it. Why did we do it? You know, it was that kind of thing. It was, yeah. But it was great, because Peter Postlethwaite, I could believe him as the last human being on Earth, because yeah. he, just, he just looks so He looks like sad. he would have been, yeah. yeah. You know what we're talking about? He's this Peter English actor who had just had a big face. He's, you, if you, you recognize who had a big face, that's how you just had a big. He, he looks like Patrick Stewart if he had a bigger, <laughs> older, ruddier brother. Like, kind of like big nose, big ears. Kind of like probably that. recognize He was sort of the go-to British working class sad bastard. You'd see, like, what was he? He was in, like, Name of the Rose. He was, uh, he was Kobayashi. Jurassic Park 2. Oh, he was Kobayashi? In The Usual Suspects. Kobayashi. I forgot about that, yeah. Which, by the way... Brian Singer was a Star Trek fan. He named Kobayashi that character oh. after oh, yeah. the Kobayashi Maru. See, that's why I wanted to hear back. It all dovetails back. <laughs> my my problem with with being a oh. pop culture uh, awesome is that I can't remember faces and names together. Yeah. I can remember the faces by themselves and the names by themselves, but together I, I'm horrible. I tend to be the same way. That's why I'm always talking about, oh, the, like, this is the movie where Die Hard jumps so, through the window. Or yeah, something. I used to yeah. be great at the movie where Die Hard jumps <laughs> 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 Oh, I bought Annie's... Oh, I can't even talk about Annie's birthday gift, because in case she listened to this before she gets it, but uh, I was going to say, it's it's about a, it's something anyway. Is it awesome? It's, kind, it's, it's, awesome. it's actually pretty stupid. Even on a bill scale of things, it's pretty dumb. Uh, are you trying and to look up the internet? So far, right there at the bottom. Who who once bought me a giant plastic pirate ship for my birthday? What else was I gonna get you? You're hard <laughs> as hell to fuck. Cause you don't want anything. What else am I going to get you? Other than a giant, giant plastic, plastic pirate. pirate ship. It was on sale for Myers. It was like the night before your birthday, and I could not think of anything else to get you, and I'd asked you a dozen times. Like at least Annie. It was a, it was a good Annie. Annie, <laughs> Annie likes so much stupid stuff, and so much of the stupid stuff Annie likes is is within my wheelhouse. With you, it's like, did I get you George Orwell book that signed first edition for six hundred dollars? Yeah. I mean, that would actually impress. You can never go. Oh yeah, Pete Possibly right there. So nice. Yeah. Oh totally. Yeah. Yeah. He should have played the evil Picard clone in Star Trek Nemesis. Mm-hmm. That would have been sweet. Yeah. yeah. They could have said he got older and said, it's, "Oh, Tom Hardy was good, but man, oh man." So nothing else happened. Mm. Okay. Uh, if no. Okay. Oh, what? Oh, I don't know if I should plug. I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this. No, okay. Okay, but okay. So, I can bleep it out if it's bad. Okay. No, I um, I am collaborating on a project with uh, science fiction writer David Brin, who some of you recognize that name immediately. You'll know like. Br oh, Ryan. David Brin. B R I N. Okay, Brin. Okay, because um, I've heard the name before. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, well, he's most famous for um, his book Star Tide Rising, which won the Hugo Nebula Awards back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the story of a starship that is crewed entirely by dolphins. Um, oh, right. Yeah. And, and he's got a new book coming out that you're illustrating? He's got a new book coming out uh, in June. It's called Existence. And uh, I'm not illustrating the book, but I am creating... Oh, that's right, yeah. I'm, I'm creating an animated promotional video for it. Um which has been a lot of fun to work it's on. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah and, well, it's also, I got to read an advanced copy of the book. It's Ooh, the first time I ever got it. Yeah, it's, it's, 
living the life. Way to go, Patrick. Man, yeah. and I am doing stuff. Oh, God. I am doing something that does not tie directly into Star Trek, but is vaguely Star Trek related that I could talk to, which is not entirely dislike what you're talking about. I could talk about when we're not recording, but like. Oh. Yeah. It's. Of things that we can talk about while we are recording, I am curious as to what connections we all have to people who have been uh, affiliated with Star Trek. Yeah. Because oh. I know. I know that you have a connection, and I I have a connection, and yours is. Well, I have a couple connections. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what? Uh, yeah, we can save this for when we actually start talking about pod. This is technically oh. the opening of the podcast. Oh, this is still the Sorry. banter. Still yeah, banter. I okay. have the stupid. I have this tradition banter, thing that banter, drives people crazy. Banter, banter, okay, banter, well, I'm just gonna quickly banter, throw out. Just, this is the week in pop culture news. Okay, oh, shit okay. that happened. This all. all uh, did you guys see that? You guys don't care about Ferris Bueller, do you? What do you mean? I saw. Are you kidding? Of course, I care about Ferris. Well, did you see the Honda ad? Yes. Oh, that was terrible. It was an advertisement. I know. I mean, it wasn't good. It it wasn't going to be good. I know. It was still kind. I did not see it, but I heard the tweets about it. What was it? Can you tell me? Uh, it's. It was a recreation of Ferris Bueller's Day Off with like a fifty-year-old Matthew Broderick. Yes, with current day Matthew Broderick, and instead of instead of the car that he he borrows yeah instead of the 61 Ferrari he uh is it's a Honda CRV something like that yeah yeah so it's like a big family SUV it's kind of the opposite of Ferris Bueller where it's just kind of like he goes he goes to a, like a museum in LA and it like quickly does the thing where he's in the museum and it kind of gets like dramatic for a moment but then he's out like he's on Chinatown in a parade instead of a German town yeah kind of thing but it's like it's like the uh, now. Here's it a is trying to sell Hondas <laughs> to the people. It could have been a good idea though. Just even as a Ferris commercial, Bueller. it could have worked. I would like to point out that you're all talking about a commercial and saying the product's name multiple times. So, from the perspective <laughs> of <laughs> advertising, it was successful. This <laughs> is. Oh, okay. You've been so oh, okay. Uh, next thing, you guys. Okay, this man. I wrote this thing about Annie would be here. She'd be more interested in this. But uh, the Star. Have you guys heard about the Star Wars live action TV series? Uh, supposedly, it's going to be about time travel. What? No. There, uh, George Lucas is trying to launch a live action Star Wars TV show. Uh-huh. There's uh, already so much bullshit in Star Wars. Why didn't he just throw he time travel? Ready. He's, he's going to live. Because didn't he just announce that he's not going to make another like? He's not like, going to make any more movies. He's not going to make any more movies because no, no, the no system more, is fucked. No more blockbuster movies. He's going to make art. Movies. He did make right. a black. Blood. I can't make that joke. Blockbuster. Uh uh-uh. uh. You did not. You have no, to. Don't no, even. No. no. Bad. Why didn't he release that for uh, February? Black History Month. I can't You'll have to take month. that up with Mr. Lucas. I, I know. Um, because you know only black things can come out in February. That's why Malcolm X just came out in Blu ray. <laughs> also, black things cannot come out in any other month except for February. I Did you is. see the Mary J. Blige tweet today? No, it's, was it? I know this is a podcast, so it's totally <laughs> pointless. But it was it was a great tweet because it was no. why isn't there a White History Month? Oh, why aren't there parking spaces for non handicapped people? Why aren't there no cemeteries for alive people? It was fantastic. That was good. Yeah. Man, that's true. But yeah. Oh man, fuck everybody. I hate people. Let's just end the podcast <laughs> and kill ourselves. Uh, what? Oh no! But so anyway, so this uh, live-action Star Wars movie, uh, TV show, which is supposed to be take place between like the prequel movies and the original movies, 
Uh, it's supposed to be about time travel, about people who decide to go back in time and try to kill Darth Vader before Darth Vader does all this fucked up shit. Okay, can I just jump in here for a moment? That's so. That's just, hilarious. Can I just, this is a rumor. Who knows? It's actually true, but that's a great universe to mess around in. Why I know. would you keep going back? Because uh, it's Darth. Vader. No one's gonna watch TV shows. The Darth same Vader, problem we have with the Star Trek movie. I'll talk about that one. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. I wonder if they actually took inspiration. Patrick from that, that would like, like to make a point. Yeah, make a point, Patrick. Oh, can I make two points? Yes. Yeah. Just well, okay. The first one is like two breaths. All right. First of all, all right. This is something that's always <laughs> make annoyed some me. Twin Peaks. This is something that's all right. Twin Peaks. Uh, something that's always annoyed me about the Star Trek movies is they ignore Einstein's. Um, they ignore. They totally ignore Einsteinian physics, right? So the thing is, if you as are opposed to the rest of Star Trek, <laughs> which he was like basically people uh, evolve, people evolve and de-evolve in five minutes within the course of a single episode on that show. They, okay, they, fair don't, they don't even know, understand how evolution. All right, works. it's Let's not just specific. It's, grade, it's not though. just Star Wars. Okay, it's everything where people travel faster than light. Yeah, I'm yeah. one of those anal retentive science fiction. Oh well, no, you're actually a hard science fiction fans. So you're... well, because the thing is, if you travel faster than light, you are traveling through time. Mm, right, because yeah, time slows down. So. Yes. The events in Star Wars, if you actually map them according to Einsteinian physics, like really, I mean, um, you know, Anakin, like Luke Skywalker could have gone back to kill Anakin. I mean, it like basically, if people well, yeah. across the galaxy at these crazy speeds, they would be traveling back in time. So, or forward in time, depending on their relative velocity. It's, well, you know, Einsteinian physics is kind of. Fun. It'd be a, it'd be a great uh, story. No, well, the thing about this. If you had the one cool but, thing about that, um, go ahead. What's your second? Oh, point? I was gonna say like, okay, so if if what Lucas has planned is uh, if he's trying to, Sun, um, so something tells me Lucas hasn't even thought this through as much as you just have in the last five minutes. <laughs> go ahead. Well, <laughs> it sounds like maybe he's trying to put a, uh, a patch on the whole thing and create a, a, a situation where like Einsteinian physics actually is being observed, right? right? Right. You think George Lucas is trying to do that with his live action Star Wars I, TV show? I doubt it. I, I like so. that explanation you should for him and better works, yeah. than George Lucas just wants to make more money. Yeah. Well, I like Patrick's I explanation that, yeah. better. Okay, but can I just... I just it would be thing. a better world if Patrick were correct. <laughs> I think... Well, my second point is... It's a good t-shirt. Here's my second... My second gripe is... Um, okay. Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, they're still alive. Um, their faces have melted. Their faces have melted, but, you know, there's... CGI. Um, and he had a good point where uh, this is actually something I I was going to bring up later about Star Trek, where they do have like CGI Star Trek or uh, uh, Star Wars TV show now. She pointed out that like if you're going to make a, a Star Wars CGI show, it should be about yes, the events exactly. after Star Wars. I know, so you can get the original actors coming in for their characters. Does anybody besides George Lucas give a shit about the Clone Wars? Yeah. No. I, I mean, I want to know what happens to Luke the and Clone Leia. Wars are huge Supposedly he's making a mountain off of little kids who are into the Clone Wars because they don't yeah. know anything about the Clone Wars. Oh, it's Wars true. Actually, from on the Halloween, old I think I, anything like that. Yeah. On Halloween, uh, a five-year-old corrected me. Uh, I asked him if he was a stormtrooper, and he was like, "No, I'm a clone trooper." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Annie once pointed out that it's ridiculous because technically there's if no you're reason to use the voices. Yeah, make well, it, make well, it. well, especially CGI, you should be using it for something that it would otherwise be impossible to produce in live action. You yeah. could yeah. produce because those actors are still the same age. You could still have a live action prequel mm-hmm. TV show like the Clone Wars. You, what you can't have is. Uh, Mark Hamill is a 25-year-old Luke Skywalker again, but you could have it if you did it as a CGI show. Yep. And if you want to do, like, a, a CGI sequel TV show to the original exactly. films, that would be awesome. But yeah. Gonna, like, yeah. uh, I have more points to talk about that, but yeah, fuck that shit. Uh, did you guys hear about the Watchmen prequel comics were announced today? 
Oh no, I missed it. Oh, I you don't care about. I don't care Are about. Are you kidding? Watchmen. That's all. That was like my entire Twitter feed for most. Of oh, the I can't. Yeah. yeah, there was just shrill noises. I like Watchmen, but I don't care enough about it. It's it's elaborate fan fiction. It's hard to get wound up about it. It's it's yeah. Do you like Watchmen? Patrick? I loved Watchmen. Yeah. The first time around. Yeah. The, of course, Alan Moore is not involved in this or anything. Well, of course not. Alan yeah. Moore. In fact, he would I would love to hear what his reaction is because I'm, I'm sure he doesn't even give a shit. He's probably at home just like you know. He's kind of like Oscar the Grouch. He, he just doesn't come out of the trash can anymore. He probably won't even hear about it until two years after this shit comes out and bombs. Hey, give and he, the guy he some gets credit. a letter about it from somebody. Give the guy some credit though. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I hear, for example, for um, for uh, not be for Vend- yeah, it would be for Vendetta. He mm-hmm. refused to take any royalties from the movie. Mm. Is that I don't know if that's true or not. No, there's a whole kerfuffle. Oh no, over... he's totally disengaged from it. Yeah, I mean he. Well, there's yeah, there's so give him some credit because yeah. it's one thing to say, oh, this sucks, and still okay, but no, I mean, he chat. actually yeah, sticks. Yeah, yeah. To oh, all he he is blameless, although perhaps the fact that he refuses to collaborate in these things is why, why they end up being they fall short. Kind of I mean, crap. if he's doing it just out of loyalty to the medium, I guess that's cool. But why? It sounds like a mixture of know. both. It sounds like yeah. It just sounded like an announcement that didn't really care about the story, but cared a lot about money. Yeah. Um, speaking of comics, actually, there's a great Avatar Less Airbender comic that just came out oh, yeah? uh, from Dark Horse Comics, uh, written by Gene Yang, yeah. who did American oh. War and Yeah, Towns. yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a direct sequel to the actual show. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to uh, be a tie-in to the new uh, Avatar show that's coming out this year. I was going to say, I will have to get show. it from my brother because um, he's been crying. Actually, I'll finish it. If you guys want to take it home and borrow it after this. it's The artwork's actually really good. Uh, it's by a Japanese duo, and the artwork looks just like, almost exactly like the uh, the show. Yeah, it literally oh, yeah, picks up leave just moments before the show ends and goes on from there. The only, it's, 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 it's 80, uh, it's like 80 pages for like 8 bucks. It's a really good deal. Um... The only problem is that it's a really epic story about how the Fire Nation is trying to uh, withdraw its colonies from all the other uh, nations of the world, you know, because, like, the whole thing about Avatar is, like, this Fire Nation is kind of like Nazi Germany having taken over everything, but now they're trying to, you know, kind of shrink the, their empire and respect all the other countries, so it's actually almost mm-hmm. a little bit too ambitious for just an 80-page story, but it seems to be pretty... It's uh, it's not just... Uh, it's only uh, it's it's the first of like four of these comics too. The next one comes out in May, but it's it's, it's really good. If you look, dig Avatar: The Last Airbender, check this out. It's called Avatar: The Last Airbender: The Promise. And I'm flipping through it right now. And it is pretty. It is really great. Yeah, it's really great. pretty. Um, that is fantastic. Um, two last items. Uh, Avery Brooks. Everybody's favorite Star Trek-related crazy person. Formerly known as Benjamin Sisko in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He got arrested on a DUI charge on Sunday in Connecticut. That's not so bad. Yeah. I was first thinking, oh, was he, like, getting blown by a hooker behind a Taco Bell? Hey, hey now, he's a professor at Rutgers, son. Oh, he is? What's he teach? Sisko's teaching at Rutgers? Yeah. Really? Yep. I can't imagine him teaching anything, because he's... Have you not seen the captains? I can't. I oh just, my god! I don't want my illusions Here's to what be you destroyed. Do. Here's what you do. No, no, they won't be destroyed at all. Go out on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Drink too much. Yeah. Get a ridiculous hangover. Is, okay. Don't be able to move from the couch. <laughs> Watch the captains. This is the documentary right here. Yeah. <laughs> and it will be fantastic. 
It was it was the craziest shit. Is oh it? My God. It's what William Shatner talking it's to William all the other Shatner captains, talking right? to all the all the other captains. He shakes Scott Bakula's hand for way too long. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. They're having like a forty second long conversation, and the whole time he just keeps shaking Scott Bakula's hand, and you can tell that the Bakula's a little weirded out. Yeah. <laughs> but he's but he doesn't. He can't say anything because it's William Shatner. What do you do? Yeah. And he, he, Kate Mulgrew, he decides to get inside a box to wait for her. Yes, on the he waits for her in a air conditioning box, which so, which Whoa. he had his you know his poor assistant or something write captain inside. Is he going yeah. to their houses, or they come to his house, or something? No, like he is flying. He's flying all over the world to where they are. So he, he goes to England to interview. Oh, so he's being really aggressive about it. I picture William Shatner being so disinterested in this that he's no, just, he like, is earnest. He is, is earnest, yeah. McGee. Earnest. It was his voyage of discovery. It was, and he. Learned about himself, and there was crying and understanding and appreciation. But watching William Shatner and Avery Brooks <laughs> sitting together at a piano, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> improvising bad jazz songs, is my favorite memory of New Year's Day 2012. Holy shit! It was both fantastic. Because oh <laughs> they're both totally insane. Um, but they are also both totally lovely, so it is, uh... Yeah, Avery Brooks would be the one I'd be scared to watch, because he just seems like a weirdo enough. I love Avery Brooks. Totally. But, like, even as an actor, he's, the, he like, people love to make fun, fun of William Shatner on Star Trek as to how ridiculous he would act. Yeah. Avery Brooks is, uh, Avery Brooks was just as much of a scenery Absolutely. chewer as uh, William Shatner was. He was just in, you know, crazy in a different way, but that sounds fucking cool. I'm, okay, I might actually have to watch that tomorrow, then. It's not... Good. Uh, it is excruciating. It is, not, it is not good, but it is great. Yeah. Is what I'm gonna say. It's clearly. Oh good. yeah, you watch it. You're, <laughs> you're not expecting a cinematic, you know, yeah. achievement. Well, when no, you fire it's that just. Up, it's just honestly, it's Bill Shatner saying, "I want to do this thing, <laughs> so I'm gonna do it, and nobody's gonna tell me how I'm how I'm gonna do it, and oh, it's gonna man. be awesome." Oh man. So yeah. So yeah. Every has got arrested. They didn't say why or what. He That's was nice. drunk, whatever. Blah blah blah. But you know what? What made it better for him that? is that the youngest son. From Home Improvement, also got arrested for DUI last night. Oh, really? So almost Wait, totally guy, erased that, it. So like Taylor the Thomas, blah blah blah. No, it's Taryn Taryn Noah. Oh, like the youngest kid nobody even remembers. Yeah, the one like that nobody ever remembers. Oh. So one I thought you were saying they were in the same car together. <laughs> no. Wow. They just robbed. They're they passing the bong back and forth. They just robbed the Seven Eleven. Mm. It's like raising Arizona. <laughs> I, um, I could see Avery Brooks driving a car stoned. I could, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Do you think he did his breathing thing when the cops started uh, interrogating him? I do not want. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to hand I love Avery Brooks so much. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a great. Uh, so on the Onion.com, they like they, they have weekly write-ups about. Uh, uh, well, they were doing Star Trek: The Next Generation for the longest time. Their right. guy just jumped Deep Space Nine, and just like last week. And really? so last week he just wrote about like the first two episodes. And uh, this guy, he well, he had watched a bunch of Next Generation. He has never seen Deep Space Nine oh, before. Yeah. This is Zach Handlin. If you look at him on the Onion's AV Club. Uh, he's been writing about did, Deep did Space Nine. Did you tell Nine. him that it gets good around season four? I, well, that's what everyone's been telling him. But it's great because, like, in the second episode, he's been talking. He, he talks about Avery Brooks does something where he kind of like he's like oh, Avery Brooks uh, performs some kind of a laugh that makes everyone look like they should hide the silverware <laughs> or the, the cutlery or something like that. Like, yes, that is Avery Brooks. When from the second episode, you can realize something's yep. a little crazy about Avery Brooks. That's that's fantastic. Yep. 
Oh, man. And one last little thing uh, from the news of the week. Uh, the entire Next Generation cast will be reunited at the Calgary Expo in April. Nice. Oh, wow. I know some folks who are going to that. I've never heard of it before. Dave uh, Kellett's going to Calgary Expo. Dave, say hi to them for Get a picture. So it's Dave, this pictures. Is, yeah, supposedly this is the first time in like a decade or two that they've actually all been together. Which, this cool. is going to happen a lot because this is the 25th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. Wow. Ah. So you're going to be seeing a lot. I'm sure at Comic-Con Wait, there's going to be a big... Twenty-five. It premiered in September nineteen eighty-seven. Wow! Well, that's why the like. Well, we just uh, watched a little bit of the Star Trek Blu-ray thing that just came out this week. The reason that why that the whole first set is coming out later on this year, it's going to come out the same week as the twenty-fifth anniversary. That makes me feel ridiculously old. I know. Tell me about it. Deep Space Nine like started almost twenty. Like that's yeah. That's that's what you were saying. It's almost twenty years ago. Ninety-three, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like we're all getting old. I can't believe no, not. I'm totally hit. Yeah. Oh, so. So, okay. The there was an cast, episode of... That, does that include Tasha Yar? I, mean, I would assume so. They said the whole either. cast. Well, the whole main Wait, cast. Really? It's not going to be... They're going to let her back? I... What else is she doing? Nothing, because she made a poor choice, and so she is off the island, as far as I'm concerned. Fuck her. Uh, they let no. her interview people for, like... Trekkies. Well, they let her back onto the show. When? That was a mistake. No, she came back as like her own daughter. Oh, yeah. yeah but well, they let her come back from like yesterday's solid. Enterprise. But that was stupid. But yesterday's yeah. Enterprise was great. No, I, I, I have to. Admit, and she did like, get an interview with some of those guys for that Trekkies DVD. As a teenager, she did, I, but I had a big I crush on her. I don't understand the crush. For, she wasn't ugly, but like people were like, when people are joking about like the Star Trek Blu-ray, they're like, oh yeah, Tasha, you're on HD. I don't know how to explain. Like, just imagine you're a teenage boy, in <sighs> 1987. You have and hormones. And, and she knew no. Juno. She could throw you on the floor, man. That's hot. It's true. She's Bing Crosby's like great granddaughter. Is she? Yeah. Well, yep. That's cool. Whatever, but no. I, like I just, uh, I, just I, I don't ah. like it when people want to leave Star Trek. Yeah, especially like screw really, you. She's like four. We didn't want you in. anyway. Ah, oh, you. jerk, man. I'm like, glad you don't take this too personally, Katie. <laughs> deeply personally, you just hey. said you don't like my mother. I'm going to burn you alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's it. Uh, this is the opening. We'll be back in just a minute. We're going to be talking more about Star Trek. Space. The final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the starship Enterprise. Your ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life forms and new civilizations to boldly go where no man has gone before okay now we're back to talk about star trek for reals I suppose that's what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes anyway. <laughs> Never came up. I don't know why we took a break. That was kind of that was more uh, formality on my part than yeah, anything else. Deep breath. So yeah, uh, Star Trek. Um, how did we all get into Star Trek? That's the first thing I wanted to ask. I was born into the Church of Trek. Yeah, your parents were both Trekkie. I was raised Trekkie. Yeah. My dad was at the first uh, protest outside of NBC against the cancellation. Star Trek, and in his that long, was in fact his first protest. Yeah, in his long it? career of being yeah. a social political activist, that was his first. <laughs> Your dad's gone to jail over shit, but the first thing he did was like protest first Star thing Trek. First he did canceled. was say, "Bring back a third season of Star Trek." Oh, wow. which... oh, it was not not even after the show had been actually been canceled, but while well, it was still on the air. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. 
That man, you should have your dad on here too. Thank so, you, Charlie. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. My mom's a <laughs> my mom's a big nerd also. Uh, and then when I was we was four, Next Generation came out. And uh, yeah, your child of the early eighties. Yes, that's right. I was born late in '83, so I'm I'm younger than Star Wars. Yeah. Than the last Star Wars movie, which whenever I say that in the studio. People look like they're gonna barf. Well, I I'm barely older than Star Wars myself, so that's yeah, that's but yeah. Uh, so uh, Next Generation started up right when I was starting to be old enough to be exposed to uh, to, to late media. night television. To television. <laughs> so yeah, Star Trek and Murder She Wrote were were the shows that <laughs> Murder. For, yeah, Murder She Wrote is gonna be next week's episode. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, good times. So that was what I was raised on. Star Trek was definitely part of my moral education. There was yeah. a blissful period there where in the Seattle area, uh, on Saturday nights, you could watch back to back to back an original series episode, a Next Generation episode, and a Deep Space Nine. <sighs> Wow. God damn. In, in one beautiful stretch. So we would have uh we would have tacos. You know, crappy hard shell tacos. Yeah. Oh, this is the powder. genesis of the Trek and Tacos night. This is nights. the genesis of my Trek and Tacos tradition. Which is uh Dylan has carried with her to Portland, Oregon, of which we're this Saturday night we're having Woo-hoo! a Trek and Tacos night. Yes. To celebrate we're gonna watch Star Trek on Blu ray. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I do not know a world without Star Trek. And uh, my parents always characterize it as being morality plays in space. Yeah. And they're just a great format for, for yeah. you know, having conversations with your kid about what, you know, what it, what it means to be a good person and how to treat people who are different from you. And, I don't know, it's, it's a very... It's true. You know, Star Trek and The Simpsons are the only two shows in my lifetime that ever have had any kind of moral mm-hmm. message. Strangely, my father refused to watch The Simpsons because he found it too cynical. So whenever, on mm-hmm. rare occasions, he would leave town, my mom and I would binge on The Simpsons. The Simpsons at heart is The thing that yeah. ultimately yeah. I, le- I realized about it was, for all that it, it depicts people being horrible, ultimately it does have a squishy core. It's the Bill Mudron of, of TV shows, where it's kind of stupid and cynical on the outside, but it's got the big, soft, squishy center. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, next week, Patrick, you, we're, we're all doing a Simpsons episode. Murder She Wrote, we'll talk about for the first 15 minutes and then the Simpsons for <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah. Your audience will grow by negative tens of thousands. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, anything else? Uh, no, I, I, I feel it's a little strange in a way that I was raised with Star Trek because I feel that most people come to Star Trek on their own. Yeah, we're and, it beca- it was, and they're yeah. almost evangelical about it. Whereas part of I've never been to a convention. It always kind of confuses me that other people are crazy into Star Trek because it just it seems like. But you've just been part of the background. It's not like yeah. Yeah, it just seems like part of how how you are in the world is that you watch Star Trek as a kid yeah. and you know you care about it. So it's it's sort of like if I met a born again Christian who's super into Jesus and everything, whereas I go to you know my my little hippie agnostic church down the street, I would just be like, wow, how you? I can't believe we we're supposedly into the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you are so far out about this, whereas yeah. I just take it for granted. Uh, Katie. And so I uh, discovered Star Trek all on my own. I uh, my family is not a science fiction family in any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, I love that while Katie says that she's got a next generation com pin on her uh, sweater vest. Of course I do. This is the yeah. com badge that I bought with my own money when Ooh. I was in high school when I went to my very first Star Trek convention. <laughs> how you guys got married? Yeah. I love it. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I'm glad it happened. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, I, uh, I started watching next generation episodes after school, during high school. So they were, they were the, you know, I, I was way behind the times because it was probably like... 91, 92 yeah. when You're I started You're a couple years watching. younger than me. I'm 36. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, that was, yeah, or like, 20 years ago we would have been, yeah. Didn't you actually have a Starfleet uniform? I did. I, um, because I used to have this thing in high school. <laughs> I didn't have very many friends in high school. Um, but I had a, a thing where I would get dressed up for finals week. And so, because finals week was a whole week of finals, and so every day I would pick a different costume to wear. Yeah. And, like, one day I was dressed as a priest, and one day I went dressed as a Starfleet officer. And that kicks and so much ass. Yeah, yeah so that, every yeah. every semester I would, I would pick out different ways of alienating myself. But in, in English, in the honors English class, like, sophomore and junior year, Michelle... And Francis and I would sit in the back of the class and talk about Next Generation, how awesome it was. And yeah. we ended up going, there this was like a dinky little Star Trek convention in town. It is Columbia, South Carolina, the epicenter of nothing. Um, There's a dinky little uh, convention in town, so we all went together and Majel Barrett was there. And so I got, I got like a signed photo. Oh, of that's her. cool, yeah. I was. And this is as awesome. the show was airing, right? This was as the show was airing, but I only got to see it after school on reruns because well, yeah. in my family, nobody else watched any sort of science fiction, so mm-hmm. after dinner, television was left to, you know, the Magnum P.I.s and Law and Orders yeah. of the World. Well, the Next Generation was in syndication, too, so was, there was no real specific time yeah. of the week it aired nationwide or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and so. I think it was in, in, when I was in high school, it was like two episodes after school at like four and five. Yeah. And so I would watch. Now suddenly the taste of graham crackers just filled my mouth. <laughs> so graham that's how. That's, cool. how the, that's your after school taste. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, I just dumped a graham cracker in a, a glass of two percent milk. Wow. Aww. But this this com badge that I am wearing is 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 from high school. And oh, it is man, from, that's fantastic. It is from. Yeah, it is from um, all of my ridiculous adventures. That's one of the first serious gifts you ever gave me. Was it's true. You, you needed Aww. a nice one. It was a very touching moment. You can't have one of those garbagey <laughs> tinfoil combat. You really can't. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was, that was almost functionally an engagement ring. Yeah, yeah. the combat. Yeah. Well, I did have. I had it engraved and everything, I so know. it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, taking a combat to a jeweler to get it engraved <laughs> is. Wow. Pretty. Oh, they didn't know what to do with it. Like. Yeah, no. He, but actually, the guy that I took it to, he was like. Sure, I can do that. You <laughs> this man, I can do it. You have time to wait? Wait. Yeah, on the back it says star date, and then it's the date of our first time we went out. Uh-huh. Wow. Wow, okay. I know, isn't that awesome? Oh. She's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Patrick? Well, okay, so um, so I had a similar upbringing uh, with Katie. Uh, my family is uh, blue-collar, Midwestern, working-class Republican folk who don't have much truck with science fiction or you know any of that sort of thing but devil tree yeah, well <laughs> um uh, my my oldest sister melanie she's 15 years older than i was she was 15 years older than me and she uh was a just 
she was just uh, she was my nerd mentor, um, <laughs> as it were. So yeah, like I said, she was 15 years old, so she was pretty much she was in a way kind of my second mother, yeah. Uh, because you know she was uh, my mother was working, so my sister Melody was taking care kind of, of me. Funny how sibling relationships kind of turn out that way. Yeah. 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 I actually found out recently that my brother grew up believing that Star Trek: Next Generation was cool because. <laughs> Wow, like that just so much. Just about because it. I watched it, and he said he went back and watched it recently. He was like, "I don't really know why we spent so much time." <laughs> but you said it was cool. Aww. So, Aww. That's cool. so um, yeah. yeah. So my sister, she had actually, you know, she'd actually grown up during the '60s and watched the original series, and she had tape recorded every single episode because there, wow. no, there were no VCRs back then but yeah. she had a tape recorder a cassette recorder she recorded every single wow, episode wow so audio yeah 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 that's intense radio plays man yeah yeah so um so when I was a little kid um so I was I was a child during the 1970s and there was an animated Star Trek series yeah, which was is on, awesome yeah. which it kicks ass I don't care what any of the haters say <laughs> it kicks ass and that episode where Spock goes back to meet his younger self that's like one of the best Trek episodes ever oh yeah uh, uh, that, that, that show has been uh, pretty much picked up it, it, it's yeah. essentially canon now okay like, well, I'm yeah, glad to hear that it's um, but um, <laughs> I'm just saying even the writers are going to like you know what we might as well say it. it's canon whatever yeah. they, they make reference to it like uh, Kirk being James Tiberius Kirk yeah, and all yeah, that kind yeah. of shit that's what they came from the TV show so yeah anyway or from the uh, animated show so yeah so I watched the animated show as a kid and I didn't realize that there was a live action show oh really yeah no, this, this is the wow thing. wow so um you know what there's live action He-Man you're like all, <laughs> you're like all the kids who think that the Clone Wars TV show is Star Wars yeah I guess yeah. so yeah um, and see so, you turned out okay so there's hope that's nice of you to say um, so my sister um uh, you know, she was in college at that point, but um, you know, she was home one weekend and she saw me watching. It's like, what is this? And like, it's it's this cool cartoon called Star Trek. And she said, No, 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 no. You, I've got to educate you. So, oh. long story short, so my sister Melanie, she she introduced me to Star Wars and Star Trek and Dungeons and Dragons and Lord of the Rings and wow. computers. Best big sister ever. Yeah, she yeah. made she made me the nerd I am today. Um, yeah, seriously. So, um, so we would watch the reruns of the, uh, uh, of the original series, uh, which they they were shown on our local TV station, like, on Saturday afternoons, and we'd watch them, and she would explain everything to me. A lot of it went over my head. I can imagine, yeah. But, but I, I I still have vivid memories of it, because, like, the brilliance of the original series is, it's told in very, very, like, colorful, simplistic visual terms Mm -hmm. that make sense to, like, even if you don't understand the intricacies of, like... You know, the, the politics can be murky sometimes, or something but like that. You but see, yeah, you the, see guys in. Col- I am white on my right side and black on my left, whereas he is black on his right side. <laughs> it's an allegory. That <laughs> uh, that goes a little bit over a kid's head. Yeah. Um, it, but what, it works for what it. Why was. are there flying pizzas? But just like you know, a, yeah, exactly. Like a bunch of guys in colorful shirts, like shooting ray guns at each other, and like, yeah. um. You know, a woman getting turned into a cube and crushed, or uh, oh god, I forgot about that. Or uh, doesn't half the half the crew get turned into like salt cubes or something like that? There's the salt vampire, or one. something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, oh, we should also mention while we're talking about this, Patrick's also wearing a science, uh, Starfleet uh, Science Academy T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Which I should point out, my uh, another sister of mine, my sister Beth, got this for me for uh, Christmas this year. She saw it at a gift shop and thought of me. So you know. like, the Science oh, Academy too. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, opposed to the, the the acting academy or the. Yeah. 
It's not red. That's the Replicator Academy, yeah. where everyone's God. just yeah, the Replimat Academy, where everyone's just making yeah soufflés and just having the replicator. Oh, you know, okay, funny, funny story here. If I can just yeah. go off on a total geek. God forbid you talk about Star Trek on the Star Trek podcast. Um, no. So, so my sister had all the Star Trek novels. Uh, oh wow! You know, and Spock must die, and all the other. Re- see, uh, reading the novels is definitely an evangelical Star Trek thing. Yeah. That's when you've crossed. You know, you've. Crossed I read the, the line. novels. I Did read Imzadi. I am not wow. afraid to admit it. <laughs> I almost put a Valentine in the Portland Mercury from Riker to Deanna Troy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I guess it's too late to do that now. That would have been great. Yeah, yeah I almost did that for you, but then I realized we'd be out of town and you would get to see So, it. no, this ties in, this this actually ties into a conversation we were having earlier, but we don't need to bring that up because it might be embarrassing. But, <laughs> no, that's why. But, um, no, so I remember in one of the uh, Star Trek novels, I don't remember which one it was, but the, um, the food replicator malfunctions. And it only makes, all it can make is this food stuff called bloodworm stew. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Klingon stuff? It's or? like some Klingon delicacy, but, but to other people gack. it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and so my friend Tim, this was in, I read this when I was in sixth grade. Uh, this was back in 1980. My friend Tim and I were, we were filming on Super 8. We were filming a, uh, uh, <laughs> we, were, we were filming our own science fiction epic, which was called um, 2002, A Space Idiocy. <laughs> that was our, our name for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you found out Mad Magazine did the same gag and then you shutter the whole project. No, unfortunately what happened was my family moved, we moved away and we never had to finish yeah, the film. But that's we, all. Yeah. But we had this great thing, like the, the, the food replicator on the ship was going to malfunction and it could only make butter. <laughs> oh, because I was talking about how when I was a kid I used to eat butter all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, when I was three I would eat sticks of butter right out of the fridge. So uh-huh. disgusting. So we had this whole scene that we tried to film where we, um, the crew, we got our cast together and like we, the, the premise in the story was that they'd been eating butter for a month and then they were trying to get creative so they stuck a bunch of sticks of butter together into the shape of a turkey Ugh. and they were going to pretend it was a turkey and, and I, Horrifying. the problem was we couldn't actually convince the actors to eat, eat the, the butter. Yeah. Um, what? Horrifying. Yeah, so. Butter's, you should have gotten like frosting and dyed it yellow and kind of, I don't know. You, you could have found a way around it. I guess. <laughs> way to make fun of young Patrick and his filmmaking ability. I, if Bill, if Fat Little Bill had been there, I could have helped you out with special effects. The problem was, the every props. time we filmed a scene, we always got in trouble with our parents. Yeah. Because, for example, at that point, like, you know, when Tim's mother found out that we had just, like, taken all the butter out of the fridge. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that, yeah. expensive. Yeah. So, anyway... But, um, yeah, yeah, so my, my, my Star Trek initiation was my sister uh, introduced me to the original series. And then, weirdly enough, uh, later, like, like you know, almost ten years later, uh, when the new Gen- Next Generation premiered, um, uh, we sat down to watch it together, and she was furious. And then, like, she fi- like, about 30 minutes into it, she said, this is a travesty. This is not Star Trek. What'd she hate about it? Um... Well, this was Encounter at Farpoint. So. I know, it's terrible, but... Just the... I mean, it's no worse than a lot of the original episodes. Just the general cheesiness of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so she refused to watch it, but then three years later, uh, in 1990... Did, did she cave, finally? Well, so in 1990, she was pregnant, and she had a complicated pregnancy. She was bedridden. Um, uh, so she she basically, basically she had to sit on the couch all day, uh, because if she moved around, she'd have... Have stuff. the baby prematurely, um, yeah. so she had to watch a lot of TV. So I basically, so I came and lived with her in Seattle, and 
uh, I said, we're going to watch Next Generation. And, <laughs> and wow, you make you love it. I, she was I, captive to your whim. Well, I just felt like I, I was going to return the favor. She introduced me right. to the original series. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. And, and so, and the 1990, 91, like, the, you, you, you remember, like, when, you know, mm-hmm. remember Picard, like, that, that season, that season cliffhanger where Picard gets abducted by the Borg, I mean... Yeah, whatever. What, what better time what? to introduce somebody to Next Generation though? Like, so, so she. she oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So she was hooked, and, and of course she loved it. Oh, that's when Next Generation came into its own. See, that's yeah. a perfect time to jump into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't have to watch to watch the garbagey first, uh, like two or three seasons. Well, no, the first two seasons are bad. Three, three, season three is fine. I still love yeah. the first season just for its I mean, it's still I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's camporific. <sighs> so is this me? You? It's you. I got into Star Trek. Uh, I, well, I was into the movies as a kid. The original, you know, Star Trek, the the motion picture. I was like, meh, meh, meh. Well, when I was a kid, I was really into Star Wars, and anything that didn't like look... every other male of your oh yeah, <laughs> anything that didn't look as cool or as sophisticated as Star Trek or Star Wars, I hated. So I, I would like my, my parents would be like, oh Bill, you like science fiction? You should watch uh, the Star Trek show. I'd be like, that's bullshit. It's all pink. Why is it all pink? <laughs> Why is it, why are they, why costumes are stupid. I'm gonna go back and watch Star Wars again. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is on is on HBO. I gotta go watch that. But then the movies started coming out, and I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. And they re- redesigned the Enterprise, and I was like, ooh. And the special yeah. effects were kind of ooh. And yeah. Star Trek Four came out. I was like, time travel. I was like, ooh. And the movie, whenever they whenever they do just the pornographic pan. Around yeah, that the was like, that shit was designed for me. And I was into that shit. And my, my it's t- like saying, "Hey, you, Star Wars kid, come here." I was kind of like, "Yeah." Ship to show you. So I, I <laughs> look. There's little trees in the arboretum on the Enterprise. It's beautiful. But yeah, so didn't have no trees on the Falcon. And uh, well, I remember, especially like when Star Trek. It was uh, maybe a couple months before Star Trek Three came out. This must have been 1984. Uh, my aunt Kathy, who was in the Air Force. Uh, some for some reason she got a chance to see sometimes uh, movies in advance before they were out in uh, normal movie theaters. I don't know if they did like uh, like uh, test screenings mm-hmm. where she was at stationed at in the Air Force or whatever. But uh, she uh, in the spring of 1984 she came to me. She's like, "Oh, Bill, you should, uh, there's this movie co- coming out called Star Trek Three. I think you're really gonna like it. I saw it in this movie called Gremlins, which is a little bit <laughs> maybe a little bit scary, but that was great too. It was a pretty good movie. And so I was waiting for those yeah, two movies for all that spring and into the summer. And my brain was exploding when I saw those two. But that's uh, yeah. But um, anyway, so I love the movies, the Star yeah. Trek original Star Trek movies. And then when Next Generation came out, I love that we're kind of we're we're, ta- we're talking about the original series, but we are really Next Generation babies. I am a Next Generation baby. Um, when Next Generation came out, whatever. I come from old track, man. Yeah. I'm a Wrath of Khan baby. Oh man, but also I, like I am, I am like the snotty wasp of Star Trek. Who's yeah. got like a hyphenated. You're old money. Who's got a hyphenated <laughs> name? Blue blood country. Oh, track, yeah. can say things like, oh, we don't talk about Enterprise in our family. <laughs> 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 I forgot my eleventh birthday went. Go see Star Trek Four, and I got an Enterprise model that on my Aww. birthday that day. Man, that like well, and also the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Four coming out was just uh, uh, back in December, and so for my birthday I had people over. We watched. Mm-hmm. We, you guys were there. We watched. We watched part of Star Trek Four, and then we did something else for a moment. But anyway, uh, so Next Generation uh, came out, and uh, my parents were like, right before the show came out, I heard about the show, but I was like, oh man, this sounds like the the old show that I used to hate, and I was like, oh man. Mm. Like I love the movies, but this TV show sounds kind of stupid. My parents were like, "No, Billy, uh, the first episode of this new Star Trek show is coming out. 
you'll probably want to watch it. You may not like it now, but you'll probably you'll probably thank us later on if you if we maybe yeah. you sit down and watch it. And I watched it. And I thought it was pretty cool, and I I, I love like the memory of me sitting down and watching this encounter in Farpoint with my parents yeah. and kind of being kind of bored. Me and my parents are kind of bored, but like this thing where like Billy, you'll you'll appreciate this someday, kind of thing. And yeah, but I got hooked in the next generation. I yeah. watched it as it aired on the show. I like it gradually fell in love with the show. And so I was in love with the Star Trek show, and I watched it all the way... I, I kept on watching Star Trek, new Star Trek, as it kept on being produced, all the way up until the like the first season and a half of Voyager. Oh, wow. Was bullshit! But all through wow. Next Generation, all through Deep Space Nine and stuff. Man, I remember... Oh, God, yeah, almost kind of like your situation where you, uh, Katie, would be mm. talking about your with your friends about new episodes yeah. and stuff like that, and you talking about, uh, with your sister, about, like, you know, the, the, the Borg stuff. I remember, like... Uh, Next Generation premiered right out. was uh, not premiered, but like really hit its stride right when I was going into high school. Mm-hmm. And me going at, to a high school for the creative and performing arts, ha- everybody was into Star Trek. Yeah. And so, like, because you were all dorks. The, with the, the, the cliffhanger with the Borg, the next day everyone yeah. came in from school, like the next Monday. That was the one. It was like, oh my God, time. what's going to happen? And we all knew, like, Patrick Stewart was in negotiations and he may not come back in. And we're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. And that was right at the, the end of the year, so we had to wait all summer. Yeah, yeah I remember and, that happening with Buffy when I was in high school, yeah. where, where Buffy, uh, spoilers, where Buffy dies. And I remember Miranda King running through the hallways being like, no, it's okay, guys. Joss Whedon is on a form. I emailed him and he actually got back to me and he said, don't worry. Sarah's coming back so it's yeah. gonna be cool and I was like what the fuck are they talking about cause I watched Star Trek I didn't watch Buffy until college yeah and yeah. silly I watched Buffy at, like I got into Buffy as it was ending yeah, yeah I got into Buffy late like fourth season yeah. and then kind of so. cause it's but, not Star Trek uh, but yeah 1991 I remember this, that summer, uh, me and my friends would all hang out outside of high school, and that's the only thing we had to look forward to, was going back to school mm-hmm. in September, was Star Trek would come up, and we would figure out how yeah, they were going to yeah. survive the Borg, how they are going to save Picard, and stuff like that, we would look forward to that. Uh, my best friend Adam and I went to a Star Trek uh, convention, that must have been 1992, they had Marina Sirtis there, nice. this is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in this yeah, tiny yeah. ass little Radisson mm-hmm. In Sheridan Square. I think uh, they were all in Radisson's. I think that was yeah. like a requirement. They, they had to be in like the shittiest little Man, yeah, hotel it was like, in town. It was this tiny ass little hotel and we paid each paid seventeen fifty to get into this convention. Yeah. That we only ta- we only brought uh, 20 bucks with us. The rest of the change was going to be bus fare to get back home. Yeah. Oh man. And of course it turns out most of the convention was just uh, merchandise stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so we're like oh man this would be great if we both had a billion dollars we'd be having a blast but there's nothing there <laughs> for us to do. We couldn't even buy lunch because it was so like, you know, yeah. it was like, like, it would be like to, like a $10 lunch. Yeah. So we didn't eat and there was like a line out the door to go see Marina Sirtis and we didn't even get to see her. We stuck around long enough to see the Alien 3 trailer, which we thought was super wicked and the movie came out later. We thought it was wow. bullshit. But, um... <laughs> But I, I still remember seeing Miranda Sirtis, like, she was on the stage, and we were, like, in the way back of the hall, kind of looking in, and we were like, oh, let's go home and have a sandwich. And so we left, but, yeah, no, like, thanks to my parents, kind of sitting sitting down and saying, hey, Billy, watch this pilot that's, episode, you'll probably get into it. Pretty that's awesome. how I got really into Star Trek as a serialized television show. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cool. Stupid movies. The stories, they are great. Yeah! Man, so, uh, why Star Trek? That's a vague statement, but... What's so, what, what's so good Are about Star Trek? the question? Why Star Trek? Yeah, why Star Trek as opposed to anything else? Because there's nothing else like it, first of all. Yeah. I, have, I, like, I mean, no, because, like, seriously, like, back in 1991, I was asking, why Nirvana? And I realized, because... There's nothing 
else like Nirvana. Like, nothing, nobody else like Nirvana, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, not to diss Nirvana. I loved Nirvana at the time. But, oh, yeah. Um, As did I. No, here's the thing about Star Trek. It is a... All right, here's my thesis statement. All right. Okay. All right first, of all, first of all, it's a positive view of the human future, mm-hmm. and it's a world... Uh, it's a it's a democratic ideal. It's egalitarian. It's all what does about egalitarian. Mean? It means okay. So let's compare Star Trek to Star Wars, for example. Uh, in Star Wars, you have like dangerous sp- ground, man. Dangerous ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. you know, it's going on the internet. Maybe you're right. Okay, let's <laughs> let's compare Star. We're gonna get Trek. some more emails. Let's compare Star well, Trek there, there to no, there's no Jedi's. No, it's true. Well, well no one's inherently special in Star Trek. It's about yes. teamwork until yeah. the JJ Abrams. Well, right. yeah. Well, until let's not touch that. That's radioactive. Let's not touch it. Let's not even touch that. Right <laughs> okay. Now. No, I like the JJ Abrams. I better because anyway. Um, but it is it is Star Trek in Star Wars drag. Yeah. Or Star yeah. Wars in Star Trek drag. Yeah. yeah. There. But Star Trek is like is a, our is the possibility of our best self mm-hmm. surviving and doing more. And still, and still being conflicted, and still running into challenges, and still having to figure things out. But all of those great ideals that we really believe in, like go humanity, yeah. they get to exist in a future state, and they get to be celebrated and appreciated. Yeah. Like, because that's the thing, right? Like, here's an entire world where everybody is obsessed with learning science. Yeah. That's a good point. Everybody wants to learn and understand things and the, reach out to others. All the twelve year olds are trying to figure out their calculus tests. You know, and yeah, that's all that, that you know by sitting in the back of my English class with my friends talking about Star Trek, it was because we really were interested in learning and talking about stories. It is a universe populated entirely by nerds. Yeah. And so what what's not like where, where the elite of human society are nerds in spaceships. Totally. Who aren't, who aren't going out to blow shit up. They're uh-uh. just going out to learn more. They're like, we're going to go survey a planet. Doesn't that sound like exciting to <laughs> Yeah, let's go chart some gaseous anomalies. <laughs> but that was um, the cool thing about like having having a uniform and, and walking around amongst the football with players tricorn. with the uniform is that I know that I... I know in the future... I'm what is desired. I'm what is wanted. Because in the future, science and learning and exploration are important and football pop. That's how I feel bad for people who can't get into Star Trek. Like, Annie, I've tried to get her on a Star Trek a couple times to just bounce right off of her. And I'm always kind of curious as to what the makeup is of people who can't get into Star Trek. I mean, granted, a lot of people can't get past the shitty makeup and the kind of ridiculous storytelling and stuff like that. There's also a little bit of a stigma associated with, like, ah, Star Trek, God, there's some people that care so much about whatever Klingon language, or, like, like the the most crazoid Trekkies, I think, turn a lot of people off, because they give the impression that you have to see all of Star Trek to understand any of it. I feel bad, like, when I see people online talking about, okay, I want to get into Star Trek, where should I start, and someone says, you should, you gotta start with episode one of the first. No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just, just, I mean, because there, I think that's the other thing that makes Star Trek a little bit hard is some of the stories are really slow. Yeah. Um, and so there are some episodes where you're just like, really, really, that's what I was waiting for. Although with any franchises that has as much hours of entertainment produced for it, like Star Trek, you're gonna have a decent amount of chat, and that's the thing. Well, that's that's part of why I I recommend Deep Space Nine to people who've been scared of Star Trek in the past because it has. 
because Ron Moore was producing it in part, it has a lot of the longer story arcs and deeper character development that is now a hallmark of all the TV everybody's yeah, it was so excited of its time. about. Yeah. Yeah. Where everybody's like, oh my god, Battlestar Galactica or Game of Thrones or Sopranos. Like, now, now TV is cool. Yeah. And TV mm-hmm. that is cool, you expect there to be a through line and some sort of overall architecture to it. So that one... You know, it was sort of sophisticated enough, and it does things where you're not quite so much. It scuffs yeah. up the Star Trek world a little yeah. without, but be- not, not, but not so much. It's not Star Trek. Yeah. No, it doesn't betray the fundamental premise. It's if like anything, it's here, more- here's a here, look, here, here, here's some wormhole aliens. They mm-hmm. might be gods, but really they're also just wormhole aliens at the same yeah. time. Like they're they think that you have a destiny, but maybe they're just creatures that have a different way of existing. Yeah, so they're what temporarily that, So what weird. the hell yeah. do they know? They're probably messing up, too. Yeah. yeah. There is no one force or one source of wisdom still. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Star Trek, even when it is silly or, or outright bad, is always... It strives to be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. There are very few insultingly dumb episodes of Star Trek. There are some hilariously silly ones, but there are very few that... Um, think you're an idiot who deserves stupid yeah, stuff to watch. I would say that they try. Yeah. yeah. They always try. Even at Star Trek at its worst with like Enterprise and stuff like that, at least they were trying. They were very tired when they were trying. Yeah. And had run out of ideas yeah. years long hence. But are you, are you an Enterprise fan? No, I'm just... <laughs> I don't want to say any sla- say anything slanderous. What about Enterprise? Go ahead. Fuck Enterprise. No, I think I mentioned before that I went to school with Brandon Braga. Oh yeah, no, you talked about this. Yeah, um, he was a couple years ahead of Not me. Not on the podcast, but Brandon Braga. Yeah, I've I heard, forgot about this. I've heard a lot of yeah. Lot let's of bad talk some shit. Mr. Let's Braga. talk. Yeah, Brandon Braga. <laughs> he wrote it. The Star Trek movies with the Ronald D. Moore that fucked everything up, and then he he made the Voyagers crash. Yeah. Wow. That's that voice, Bill. That is That's me just something wanting to punch Brandon Braga in the nuts, anyway. He wrote some good stuff for uh, gener- Next Generation, though. I'm not going to die. He's ta- I mean, here's the thing. like, he's, he's very talented. So you went to film school with him? Um, I went to university with him. I wasn't in the... I mean, university? Oh, I, at Oxford. Yes. It's Oxford, yes. Shut up, Phil. We both... We I went to university. Eastern, yes, yes. Yeah, we went to the academy together. No, we... Uh, he, he and I both... <laughs> that, that's... Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. No, he and I both went to UC Santa Cruz and... Okay. The academy. Um, the academy. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the... Uh, Starfleet Screenwriting Academy. Let him tell the story, it, you moves. I just pictured, like, the garbagey-ass, like, Starfleet uh, like, Screenwriters Academy outfits that are just... I don't know. Anyway. No, if you want to picture... If you want to picture Santa Cruz in... In, in Star Trek terms, think of like some Bajoran, like late adolescent state-sponsored uh, sex camp <laughs> in the set, set in an idyllic redwood yep. forest. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm sorry. Any, um, no, 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 no. My, my, my. Gr- well, that's a man named Bajoran Sex Camp. Yeah. About that. <laughs> no, my gripe with Mr. Braga was just, um, uh, and first of all, I want to say he was he's super talented. Like his senior thesis film was like what. It was like one of the most brilliant things I ever saw done as a yeah. work when I was. When was this? Like mid eighties, nineteen ninety. Oh, so this must have been right before he went off to Star Trek because he was he was yeah, a yeah, big he went, player no, on the ladder. Yeah, what years happened was he generation. he, he uh, entered some kind of screenwriting or um, basically he entered a contest or he signed up. Basically, he knew nothing about Star Trek, but ended up getting winning some contest wow. because because I mean he was very talented uh, and he got. Assigned the, the, the 
I'm probably getting it wrong, and I'll apologize if I... If does I, not matter. Basically, he ended up as a, a as a writer on Star Trek, and he knew nothing about the series, hadn't seen it before, and... Um, Which just, isn't necessarily a bad thing for a franchise. No, it isn't necessarily a thing, bad thing at all. Um, I, the, the, my problem... The problem is, though, I think what he... He sort of tweaked the trajectory of it, so it went... See, I think I think the trajectory that Gene Roddenberry set was a was a good trajectory. It was this, I think, um, it was there was something basically expanding and opening about it. That was, yeah. I'm making hand gestures here that can't be seen <laughs> on the radio, but you are making a kind of wide open bird gestures. Yeah, yeah like caca, yeah. um, And so, what did he do? That you yeah, what Brad Braga do? He turned it into this involuted. Um, you know, psychological, psychodrama, kind psychological. This kind of like, as as they as it's called in the popular term, dark, quote unquote, like made it dark and edgy and involuted and psychic. You know, psycho terror kind of. Are we uh, talking about Deep Space Nine here? We're or? talking about no Brandon Braga. He went on to do uh, Voyager. Yeah, yeah. There was. It's funny because so that's weird because I think of Voyager as being sort of like the most placid episodes of Next Generation. Yeah, it's interesting because I was I was just reading about the writing how the writing staff got busted up uh, with Next Generation because especially with Deep Space Nine, uh, they essentially kind of created uh, you know some of the people like Ronald D. Moore jumped ship from uh, Next Generation over to Deep Space Nine. Yeah, but a lot of it they kind of brought in new people for Deep mm-hmm. Space Nine. Whereas Next Generation, when that shut down, they kind of moved those people over to Voyager, because Voyager was supposed to be more of the heir apparent of Next Generation's legacy, where yeah, it's a ship it's running around the universe. Yeah, people on a ship, it's fairly episodic. And so Deep Space Nine was kind of existed in, in a bubble of talent over here, where they were kind of like, you know, like, separated from Voyager and uh, Next Generation, except, you know, aside from like a couple of, the producers and a couple writers. Uh, but So Brian Braga, I don't think he had that much to do with Deep Space Nine, but he went straight ahead and was responsible for a lot of Voyager. Huh. Although Ronald D. Moore supposedly once Deep Space Nine was over, he got brought over to Voyager and only stuck around for a couple episodes because suddenly he and Brandon Braga had a big falling out because they were writing partners. Oh, and well, suddenly Brandon Braga was the big proponent of like Ronald D. Moore supposedly when he was on uh, Voyager was like, you know, we got a ship here; it's on the other side of the galaxy. We got to go. We got to show this ship getting fucked up. And it's got to stay fucked up. You can't just hit the re- button, re- right, uh, right. reset button at the end of every episode, which is pretty much where he started coming up with his ideas for like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah. Well, that. you look at you look at Deep Space Nine, and then you 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 add Deep Space Nine and Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers. Yeah, 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 yeah. and then smush them together, and you basically get the Battlestar Galactica remake. Yeah, which so, is yeah, what happened. So anyway, so that just ties into Brandon. Uh, because uh, Brandon Braga and Ronald D. Moore were writing partners, and supposedly Ronald D. Moore only lasted for a couple episodes on Voyager, where supposedly he had, he had a big falling out with Brandon Braga, and Ronald D. Moore left and went and made Battlestar I like that you say his middle initial every time. Ronald D. Moore. That's, that's <laughs> what... It's either that or Ron Moore. Ron Moore makes it sound like he did at his house or something. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie and I... I you know, talking. I think Ron Moore, I think of Dinty Moore, when I think of Beef Stew and I get hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Well, let's avoid that. Um, well, so, I'm, I, I'm not trying to slander uh, Brandon Braga but I think what I, what I want to point out is I think that the way that the, the series got skewed um, away from the original Roddenberry you know, trajectory is that there, there, there was introduced this whole notion of making about these intensely personal interior stories that kind of just don't It's more about inner space rather than outer space Whoa. I'm saying oh my yeah. god Oh well, my god! Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm just saying the human venture continues. Is all I'm saying. 
Well, because... Bum, bum, bum. Um, no, it's just that, like, it's sort of... I don't, I, I'm, I'm blowing your mind. I don't want to be jumping all over the map here, but it's... It's a podcast. We're like, that's what podcasts are for. If you're going to have a story set in space... Um, you should exploit that. Make fact. it about space. Make it about space. So, yeah. you, so you're you're a fan of the of the sort of science fiction anthology approach where every episode is sort of a new sci-fi novella with a with a premise we haven't seen before and it's very situational and it's resolved over the course of the episode and everybody learns something because that that's what I think of as the very cl- of, of the original Star Trek series it's here's a brand new premise, we're gonna blow through it, and it's gonna feel like a Harlan Ellison short story. And you could almost... Mm. Like, almost Star Trek was just the the binding of the collection of stories. It wasn't even so much about, you know, Kirk and Bones and mm. Spock, or Starfleet, or anything like that. It was just, here is a vessel for short stories. Like, you look at... It, it's sort of Twilight Zone in space, but with a, a regular cast of characters. There is that, but I also like the overarching... Um, world and weirdly enough, but there, I, I would say there's not actually that much world building in the original Star Trek. No, you really don't understand how the Federation was ever built or who came what from where. It's a lot of like, ah, oh, yes, the eugenics wars of the 21st century. We Moving are, on now. Yeah. That was, I guess, that was the beauty of it. It's like you always sense that there was more on the fringes. Yeah. And it's just like, well, no, we've got a Japanese guy and a Russian guy and a black lady, so you know everything works out. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I this is a, this is a weird parallel to draw, but I, I I think that Game of Thrones. The reason I'm liking the the whole um, Song of Fire and Ice series is because it just the world sort of reminds me of how reading those books reminds me of how I felt when I was first watching Star Trek as a kid. Okay. There's this very complex world, and the interactions keep getting more. Um, they're, they're, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it really. Like, there's a sense of like. There's complexity, and there's a sort of sense of pageantry, and there's a sense of, like... That's a, a good pa- sense of pageantry. Mm-hmm. Pageantry is a good point, yeah. Like, when I just think back to those episodes where just, um... There are all these different alien civilizations, and you, you, you glimpse a little bit of them, but you get the sense that, um... That the story is constantly widening out, you know? And that... Not kind that of the, the story of the universe is being told kind of a little bit. Like, yeah, 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 and I don't really care so much about like. Well, it's still more, more about the story of humanity as mm-hmm. it like evolves. It, yeah, so when it's you've got, through when space, you've got yeah. that canvas to work with, I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually. I don't really yeah. care about like data having nightmares about bedwetting or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> Man, that was people opening up his chest <laughs> and He's finding a, a, a chicken in there. <laughs> I can't see, I'm, I'm all about the inner adventure. So I, I I think one of the things I like about Deep Space Nine is that the story arcs are about clashing societies yeah, and people, the way they fuck up individual lives. People listening at home, uh, spoilers, we like Deep Space Nine a whole lot. <laughs> What's the thinking, man? Star Trek. Saying. Have you seen a lot of Deep Space Nine? I pretty much saw it all, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I just reference, yeah. Uh, yeah, spoilers. But, it, but, there, but there is a lot in that show about the closing down of possibilities because these these people can't get along and they have a fundamental conflict over resources. Yeah. Sure. It's like, oh, we've discovered a whole new side of the galaxy and guess what? They hate us. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I thought that was brilliant, but, um, yeah, but again, like, it would have been like, what if a whole season had just been about, you know, Cisco going into the holodeck to, you know, relive his childhood or something, you know, 
that's just like that would have been so like the episode where where O'Brien goes to prison for 30 years it would not be of interest to you because it's entirely a little well even to interior we watched the inner light tonight which with uh, Picard gets Brainwaved by to an ancient civilization. He ends up living like fifty years. No, I love and I love that episode. It's one of my favorites. Oh, okay, um, but still, that similar learning about another alien. Yeah, culture. I was gonna say the difference yeah. between those two is that Picard's actually learning about. Strange how all these alien cultures are in Southern California. It's weird. Yeah. It's, they all live in where the uh, where Mash took place. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Picard, Picard was learning about a civilization, and, and O'Brien was just being punished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is mm-hmm. sort of similar to the. the episode where um, O'Brien's daughter is... They do, they punish her. Did she fall into a time really hole? Do. She funnel, she, yeah, she falls into like this cave thing and comes out and she's older. Yeah, I forgot because about Because she's that. been abandoned by, she thinks she's been abandoned by her parents for the last 20 years. And oh, I forgot, she's all pissed off and bitter, yeah, justifiably so. Right. Perspective. And so they have to figure out a way to be a family again. Mommy, the entire time. Oh, God, but anything with uh, the entire O'Brien's time you wife? just want Keiko to die oh, because Jesus. she's an awful all right. character. All right, so can I. Can <laughs> I okay, this goes into. <laughs> I yeah. posited a question. We were all talking about what would your ideal crew be made of instead of that. That's a perfectly interesting question, but I think the more relevant one here is if you could throw one character from all of Star Trek oh, God, out of the Keiko. airlock, <sighs> who would it be? Mm. Keiko is a good choice. Maybe not the top choice. Keiko O'Brien, wife of Kai Wynn. If you could, if you could duct tape Kai Wynn and Keiko, anything with All a right. K from Deep why Space Nine. Why don't you like Kai Wynn? Have you watched the fucking show? <laughs> well, she's she's a horrible person, but I think she's a fantastic character. Yeah, no, she's no worse than Keiko. No, I know as a character, I'm not saying she's shouting. Oh, if you're talking about the construction of the character, yeah. Oh, I think you're talking about which character you just want to punch in the gut. Well, more. no, that too. Uh, well, Kai Wen and Keiko. Okay. Keiko, <laughs> Keiko is badly written, She's lazily written, 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 where yeah. she has just like the Miles. Just the, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Miles? I have to fix my plant. I'm leaving for three months because the writers don't know what to do with me. You better not make out with Bashir. <laughs> Fucking God, yeah. Um, Keiko sucks, but I would, I would. Any put, female in next generation, I would put Jake Sisko in the airlock. Jake Sisko, oh. as as far as just being a badly constructed she's, character, he's a horribly constructed character. Such they a good don't actor. Don't do anything. <laughs> horrible. Actor. Hey, Dad. Really? <laughs> hey, like, Dad. I I think oh. I think they could have killed him along with Sisko's <laughs> wife, and it would have been fine. Ah, you know. But I, as far as characters, like I hate that just like get uh, under my I, I skin. I do like that they were like, "Hey, here's a kid who's not going into Starfleet." And that this, is. This goes like, what? What? He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not interested." And I like you really. There is life outside of Starfleet. It's like this is this has always bugged me because you. It's it, true. You no, know, with Klingons, mm. we always see these intense crazoid warrior Klingons who have this very strict way of life. But you know, there gotta be Klingon accountants. Oh, there's gotta be a Klingon Woody Allen somewhere. Yeah, I mean, there's Klingon garbage collectors. Like, they're entire space-faring civilizations, so you know that this is the the samurai class of of Klingon civilization. And likewise, with humans, you see a lot of Starfleet. But you know what? Sisko's dad owns a restaurant. Yep. 
And Jake wants to be a journalist. I like that. Yeah. Except that he sucks as a character. Except that he sucks as a character. <laughs> he gets to hang out with Nog, though. Nog is a great character, though. Nog, Nog they, they turned into a great character. Yeah, I was, he was watching... He was iffy there for a couple seasons. I was watching the last episode... Katie has not finished Deep Space Nine. She's watched six of the seven seasons, and I was watching the last episode of Deep Space Nine last night, and the, the Nog's in it. It's not like he does... It's not like he saves the day or anything like that, but, like... It just—it's great to see how those characters he, end he compared to when they begin. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and because the six—I mean, I don't—I don't know the, the episode exactly that you're talking about, but yeah. the, within the sixth season and the beginning of the seventh, he is definitely—he's—he's he's, part of Starfleet himself. He's part oh, of. I forgot Starfleet. about. There's a whole thing where he loses his leg. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen that? Man, everything's ruined. <laughs> Spoilers. The next episode you watch? No. <laughs> you think of any, if a Ferengi's gonna I mean, get like, anything shot off? Seriously, take his leg. Oh, what so you fuck? haven't even seen the best? Okay. Spoilers. He gets shot in the leg. Nice. Uh, but yeah. They, okay. I'm gonna shout out for them. Uh, who fun. else? What characters you hate or you think are badly put together? Um, I know this is shooting fish in a barrel, but yeah. Wesley well, with Crusher, Star Trek, it kind of is. Wesley, Wesley Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. 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 Choice. Uh, so I won't. Oh, Sorry, sure. Will Wheaton. Okay. What about? It's not um, your fault. No. Alright, so are we talking about any of the Star Treks? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the whole Enterprise. All on the table. Yeah, the whole crew of Enterprise. No, um. Scott Bagula. <laughs> I think, okay, I tried so <laughs> Brandon hard. Brandon Baraga. I tried so hard to watch Voyager and, uh, was it Neelix that. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I feel the, bad because I'm the wacky cook. Uh, yeah. Neelix is not that. How yeah. about that fantastic episode where he and Tuvok become melded into Tuvix? What the? <laughs> that just didn't happen as far as I'm concerned. And they want to keep him around because that character is so much better than either of those characters. And you feel so bad for Tim Ross. Yeah. Strangely, I saw uh, the actor who played Neelix in an episode of Bones not too long ago. Oh, yeah? Okay. Oh, he's, he, well, he's, he's a character actor. He's in yeah, a bunch made, of stuff. Yeah, he's made the rounds. But yeah, he's okay. kind of an uh, Did you know, okay, character. the guy who plays Tuvok, have you, any of you guys seen Spaceballs? Uh, there's a scene where uh, oh no, Doug- he wasn't guy. He wasn't the guy with the giant comb, was he? Yes. No. <laughs> he he found you know, shit. He was also on. He was on Next Generation. <laughs> oh yeah, he was, he was one of, a terrorist. He was one of several uh, Deep Space Nine actors who originally appeared in Next Generation episodes. The guy who played Ensign Paris also. Appeared. He gets smacked in the face with like a, a Picard saddle or something. Yeah, he plays a human terrorist. And then yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well Tim. Oh wait, no, uh, the guy who plays uh, Paris. Yeah, plays one of Wesley Crusher's Starfleet Academy mates, and then they just take the same character and rename him because they didn't want to pay the writer to read. Yeah, that's <laughs> well. Suppose the same thing happened. Supposedly happened with Enterprise, where the main Vulcan chick on Enterprise was supposed to be there's the original Savick or Savick's mom. Or oh no, she was supposed to be. Well, there's the uh, the original show mm-hmm. uh, has the episode where uh, Spock goes into heat and goes crazy. Right, right. They have to take him back to Vulcan. And the lady officiating. But there's the ticket well, opportunity. There's an old Vulcan lady who's officiating that whole fight, and they're like, uh, "Oh my god, to pow!" And they're all like, "Oh my god, to pow! She's legendary. She's crazy." They were gonna make uh, the the hot, sexy, big titty chick on Enterprise <laughs> be the young version of that lady. No way! That the oh. whole time they were conceiving the show, they were gonna do that. And the last moment, they realized it was the same thing with uh, Voyager guy, where they they. Uh. They would have to pay royalties for every single episode she ever appeared in to the guy who wrote that original episode, of ne- uh, who created the character for the original series. So like, oh, and we'll so change, they changed her we'll name like, to Paul. Or, yeah, exactly. Which is a shame, because that would have made, retroactively, oh. would have made that moment great where, yeah, Kirk and McCoy are like, oh my god, they brought her here? This shit's fucked up. Yeah. But. Okay, so can I just, 
Okay, so if I can have Wesley Crusher. You can you can. You can have whoever you want. Uh Troy? No, actually okay, this is gonna no, she's so she's so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. Okay. Guinan? That's fine. No, really? She is a magic negro. Well yeah. Well Yeah. What you gonna do? I To be fair Oh, okay, shut up. You yes, that's a good idea. Um <laughs> What? Yeah, no, I just, like, they're just kind of, she was just such a MacGuffin, you know? Well, like, she also never turns into not anything. a MacGuffin, but I, what do you call, like... Just, a, yeah, well, it is, the human, whatever the character equivalent of MacGuffin is. Well, it's interesting, because they originally kind of set her up, that she makes a couple references to how, like, her life was saved by a bald man. Is she, right. And she also makes references that... There's this she, history that they never really get into. Yeah, she's got this bond with Picard that goes yeah. beyond family and friendship. Well, but all the Mark and Twain stuff, there's a whole the bunch Mark of stuff Twain. there. He, like... Picard bumps into her in a cave in, like, 1885, oh, and yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah. Matt Mark Twain? <laughs> Forget about that. Data's head? Yeah. Yeah. Find it. I guess I, yeah. Data's got really old head all of a sudden. He you know, develops yeah. all kinds of facial tics for the rest of the series. It's kind of weird. Characters <laughs> that really get under my skin, I think I would have to put Q in there before Kaiwen. Yeah? I hated him more than I hated Kaiwen. Yeah, you have a huge thing against Q. It's just so awful. Well, you just hate the performance you? and everything? Like... No, he's, he's oh, you really just hate good. Him. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. like he's done a great job. So you just hate the character, character not, not how he's created. I just hate the character. Yeah. Because he is so evil. No. And so he gets under my skin and he's just like, no, you're ruining everything. He shows up. He has a little bit of an arc on Voyager yeah. when he shows up a couple of times. Yeah. So you guys have it's a creepy arc. He keeps hitting on Janeway. It's disturbing. But you, you have the ability to dislike characters simply because they're assholes. Yes. Whereas I tend it's to only wrong. I tend to only dislike characters. If they're poorly constructed or cheaply deployed, I I I am who they write bad no, characters no. for. No, I, f- I find it, I find <laughs> they it write them they write them to annoy people like me. Yeah, we're like, like, no, this is supposed to be good. We're doing a good thing. We're in space. Well, because the villains are always like, oh, this is the character you love to hate. And I'm like, no, I just love them. <laughs> no, I love like Kai Wen. I cheer every time she comes on the screen because I'm like, yeah, somebody's gonna be awful. <laughs> I hate the Enterprise. It's baby. Enterprise D has an episode where it kind of creates a little CGI thing that floats uh, off into space. Yeah, fuck that thing. <laughs> the characterization, the writing for that thing that is terrible. Uh, I hate the Enterprise E from the Next Generation movies. Fuck that shit. That's a terrible design for a spaceship. Bill Mudrin, characters only. Oh, man. Put somebody in there. I can't thing. think of... Oh, should we... Oh, what about you, Patrick? You're saying? Oh. Well, I was gonna say, I don't know if this is canon or not, but, you know, B4, Data's... Oh, that's canon. I mean, it's part of the Lord. movies. Yeah. No, B4. Yeah, B4. B4. Get it, because he see, came uh, before. Nemesis, or, um... It's the last next generation. Yeah, movie. I did. They find they mysteriously find another uh, data, data clone. Yeah. It's called yeah. before. And he's new. <laughs> I'm sorry. How was that? Uh, <laughs> that's that's that. I'm reading right out for the transcript yeah, from the no, writers' no, meetings for that movie. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay, what characters do we like? No, no, Bill. I'm gonna see if you can guess who I would throw out the airlock. Uh, based on who you hate or yeah. badly constructed. Well, they're the same thing. <sighs> I, I'm so blind with rage for Kai Wynn right now. Oh, come on. Uh, Think about Dylan. The Mar? No, poor bastard. Uh, the blue, uh, Mr. Mott, the... No, you're gonna feel Enterprise. so stupid. What? what? I, I hate Ezri Dax. Oh, well, 
You hate her really? because you also just like hate her circumstances. Well, I feel she was. You haven't met Esri Dex, have you? I have, and she's horrible. Oh, That's okay. actually why we stopped watching Deep Space Nine. Yeah, because Esri Dax was introduced. I got through two episodes, and I was like, no, I have to take. They a have break. one or two episodes, but they focus exclusively on her too, and that gets that's that's a that's a hill that's hard to get over. Here's the thing: she, her character exists for a reason. Which was related to you know somebody else leaving the show. Yeah, and so man. But the thing is, this is the same reason I dislike Enterprise. It's the waste of a good premise because it could have been really just. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. No, you don't. You don't know, Patrick. (laughs) But then instead they put on this very Pablum character who's very, gosh, this sure is. Awkward, and then just, there was there was no flavor there. They could have made her a guy too, and that would have been really she, cool. That would have been see, way more fun. I, see, here's what I was thinking: like, Worf. She should have been a guy, and then Worf married a guy. Yeah. Because uh, originally, like we it, Klingon, were, Klingon gay panic, another good band name. Yes. <laughs> Worf would have seen Dax step off the shuttlecraft, and he wouldn't even say anything. He would have just hopped them defiant and just gone on Wormhole, and you would never heard. Of <laughs> Not even gave panic, but just like he gives up on life. He's like, I just gave up my life to come here, and this is I'm just no, no. no because we we remember, of course, how you know Worf reveals himself to be a homophobe back in whatever that episode was. Oh, when John Waters comes on. Yeah, the, the John Waters episode. No, um, <laughs> whatever that episode was with the um the 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 non-gendered aliens, the ones who... Oh, was, yeah. he, was he hateful towards the non-genders? Where, yeah. where Riker turns a non-gendered alien into, into a, a lady yeah. through the sheer, yeah. through the sheer of power of his trombone. <laughs> <laughs> She's just never been with a real man, man before, that's You so. know what? For, for all the, the, the shit that Star Trek gets for... Oh, not the shit, but like all everyone patting it on the back makes it progressive. Mom, they never actually did any AIDS or gay stuff. Really, uh, in in uh, next generation, especially during the height of the AIDS crisis, that was um, the close. That episode was a close. They had that tried one episode. Well, they had that one episode with um, on DS Nine at least with Jedzia and oh, I forgot her about former that, yeah. wife, right? Yeah. Oh, or so one of the one of Dax's former wives. Yeah. Supposedly, but for next generation, they had did have an episode called Blood and Fire, which was supposed to be. An AIDS episode, essentially. Hmm. Can I just mention and a tangential thing? The producers here? just won't let it through. Was um, uh, your favorite gay character on Star Trek? No. <laughs> no, I was just going to mention uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Ah, yeah. yes, that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. There was a, you know, it's it's a fake 80s horror series that yeah. was actually filmed in the early 2000s, uh, but there's the AIDS episode, which is actually about <laughs> uh, this woman who's possessed by an alien broccoli, um, who... Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, basically, like, just, I, I don't even know where you can see Garth Morangi's Dark Place, but, yeah. I, oh, you can probably on YouTube. It's called yeah. BitTorrent. Yeah, okay. If you live in America, that's um, your only real way to see it. But it's just brilliant. The, the brilliance of that series was that they have the commentaries from the actors in, you know, modern day, like, commenting back, like, oh, this was about AIDS. This was a very important episode. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, in yeah. character? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pretension. Wow. Fake <laughs> pretension. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, characters we love. Favorite characters. Uh, Riker, Riker, I can't Riker, think of Riker, 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 but it's like it's ingrained, you know. Yeah. When you were sixteen, and you you're like, that is awesome. Yeah, it is always awesome. Yeah, loved Riker, loved Worf. I had, um, but I had the um, I had 
the action figures of Jordy and Data. I never had those action figures. And it got two. One so I could open the box, and Aww. one so I could leave them in the box. I don't know where my boxes are. Really? No. But they're probably around somewhere, or maybe at your folks' place. They're, pro- they're maybe at my folks' place, or maybe my folks, like, oh. donated them to Goodwill. I more don't likely know. than anything else, but it's, yeah. That's, that's the problem with, like, being a family that moves 946 times. Yeah. You know, shit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I... Jordy and Data always had to go together. They were a good combo. I like those. That was like that was, one of my favorite dynamics. That was the best. Yeah, that was one of my yeah. favorite dynamics. Well, because Jordy is so so like charmingly patient with Data. We watched the Sherlock Holmes yeah. episode, the first Sherlock Holmes episode. <laughs> he does. Recently. He is the one who indulges Data in his weird shit more than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and well, you just get a sense of Lavar Burton's personality coming through. Yeah, uh, just yeah. being like, like, all right, I'll go along for the ride. Yeah. Why not? I'll try to like Jordy. Sort of does a little reading Rainbow. With oh, Data. Yeah. 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 Aside from Troy and, and Crusher, Jordy's probably the most shafted character in, when it comes to the writing characterization of Next Generation. Mm-hmm. He's carried yeah. through so much just from uh, LeVar Burton's uh, performance. It's, it's true. so affable about stuff. It's true. Well, yeah. in Next Generation, they don't really they don't really start to spend time on the secondary characters to really flesh them out again Not until really. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Like you would once a season, you would get the episode about character X, but. It was still pretty much like, and another Picard episode. What blows my mind away about Deep Space Nine, too? Because, like, yeah, Next Generation barely had enough time for the secondary characters. What is it with Deep Space Nine? They had, like... Like, and now an episode about... They had third or fourth <laughs> tier characters they had episodes about. the guy about. who owns the Gach place. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And that's true. They have, like, Morn, who never... Who, as a joke, never he gets says an episode. anything. And there's yeah. an entire episode dedicated to what happens when Morn dies. Uh, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I always really liked we were talking about this earlier. I always really liked O'Brien as well on Next Generation. And yeah. Dylan accuses me of not really liking him on Next Generation, but liking him on Deep Space Nine. But to me, Deep Space Nine is just the fan fiction in my head of <laughs> O'Brien <laughs> made real. That was yeah. a great idea to bring him of all the it, exactly, characters yeah. over to uh, Deep Space Nine. That was great because. Yeah. And then beat the ever living shit every out of them. fucking season. Like there's one, I think maybe it's season five or season six where like there will be back to back. Let's <laughs> destroy him episodes. Yeah, let's like give the man a break. Let's force him to spend fifty years in a mental prison. Why don't you ruin let's... Julian Bashir's life for an episode <laughs> or two? I have a question. Actually, this yes. is something I'm not clear about, but. Wasn't okay. Nana Visitor's character wasn't she actually supposed to be Ensign Row? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was another character where they were like, "Oh, let's have it be Those this, character, this person carried over." Why did that not happen? Michelle Forbes didn't want to. She thought she was going to be a movie star. She didn't want to tie herself to a TV show long term. Because they built it was like these. They introduced her character on Deep Space or on, on Next Generation just so that they could eventually bring her over on Deep Space Nine. At the last really? minute, she uh, she mm-hmm. walked oh, away, and so they had to invent everyone's least favorite character, Kira Nerys. So no, you love <gasps> Kira Nerys. Everyone, yeah, no, we're uh, talking about there's it's Kira uh, Nerys fan club over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. but you. It depends on how much you talk about like too, because you mm-hmm. you you quote unquote like her uh, mirror universe version mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Anything for a girl in a silver jumpsuit and a tinfoil headband. She does look pretty goddamn good in that silver uh, jumpsuit and a tinfoil headband. But she spends all of her episodes just rubbing up against things. And fucking everything! And what's wrong with that, my friend? <laughs> like, what you is could wrong show her a pepper that? shaker and she'd be like, oh, a little oh pepper shaker. <laughs> I love that Kira is the queen bee of that universe, though, that mirror universe. Yes. Yeah. And. Somehow she Cisco's finds just the time like this, to stop humping things <laughs> to run these. <laughs> just like this random space pirate, but she's well, the one. Well, he's kind of just, Han Solo, yeah. yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, 
Man, no, but yeah, Kiara Reese, she was the shit. She yeah. she really, after after seven years of shitty female characters on Next Generation, mm-hmm. it was nice to see her. Uh, well, yeah, they had who knows what they could have done with Tasha Yar in Next Generation. That that that's a character they could have potentially done something interesting. But with. no, Troy Troy and Crusher mostly were there to be sort of moon faced. They were there just to be the and like even the conception of their characters where it's like, oh, okay, we got to have a doctor, we got to have a counselor. Just I don't they know could why be the ladies. They had to have a counselor. Like, and then we the, just need an excuse for characters to talk about their feelings. Sometimes. And then the counselor is made redundant by bringing on Guinan the bartender, who everyone tells the problems. <laughs> They're all going Except that Guinan actually processes information. Yeah, he's actually helpful. And Instead and of just saying, helpful. it sounds like you might be angry. What are you doing? The Klingons are like, we'll destroy your ship. And she's like, Captain, I'm sensing aggression. No shit. Amazing power. They should add, uh, man, they should add naked, uh, Guinan and Worf's kid running around that weird holodeck program with the oh, Cirque du Soleil characters and stuff. Why do you say these things so loud? Why you don't like, uh, oh, naked, uh, Guinan? Just was still with the hat, though. Keeps her from drowning in the mud pool. Alright, so Kieran Patrick, your favorite. Karen Odo! Man, those two especially. Yeah. That was a good couple. You like that combination. Yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the few Star Trek couples that makes any sense to me. Yeah, they I have agree. chemistry. Even even Riker and Troy, that just seems so forced. Like, really, your love is eternal, yeah. and Zadi, etc. Zadi, Zadi. Because you kind of seem disinterested in each other. <laughs> like a and then Troy wanders off and bones war for a while, and yeah. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, wrong. The, the Star Trek's newfound habit of suddenly hooking up uh, randomly, arbitrarily yeah, not like good at characters Voyager, at the end of a like, show. They're like, hey, seven of nine and Chakotay, because why not? Why not? This, I guess they couldn't make the Doctor and seven of nine work, but no, oh, man. But still, it's like really. You know what that reminds me of? The original screenplay of Alien. <laughs> what? Um, because okay, well, so they didn't gender assign the characters in advance, right? Right. Actually, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character was originally male, but. That's not, that's not what I was bringing up. Um, there was a scene that was cut out of the original Alien where um, uh, Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley and uh, Tom Skerritt's character Dallas was his name? Yeah. Captain Dallas. Um, did, shortly after the uh, you know the alien bursts out of uh, William Hurt's chest, John Hurt's chest, excuse me. Um, they bone? Yeah, they have a scene where they, they go to uh, into the, uh, the Narcissus, you know, the escape yeah. pod, and they're just like, they just well, nothing to do but have hot sex. Well, no, it's just that they're they're stressed out, so they say we need some relief, and so they they fuck right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh. Uh, Ridley Scott cut the scene out because he thought, well, that kind of it, it blunts the um, the dramatic, you know. The, also slows the movie down. Well, yeah, it slows like, the movie down. Yeah, yeah. sex scene right here. Uh-huh. But we're all in mortal danger. But uh-huh. there there was but no, because I remember as a kid, like I was so obsessed with that movie, and like, but, but basically. The, Ripley does that. The subtext of the movie. The subtext was there's a, there's another scene, another couple of lines exchanged that was deleted from the movie. Um, Lambert and Ripley. Um, this when there's only like four people left on the the Nostromo. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like them and Yafakoto. Yafakoto and and, and, and Ash. Oh, Ash. Yeah, that's right. And Holmes. Yeah. It's, and so um, Lambert asks Ripley. She says, "Did you ever sleep with Ash?" And she says, "No, I never slept with him. I just assumed he was gay." And but of course you know, it turns out he's an android. But the, the the subtext was that everybody in the ship was fucking everybody else because what else are you gonna do? You're on a That's long space. Wrong. Bridge. I mean they yeah, out for That's years good. on this oil it's rig. Nicely dice boxy. You know, yeah, right? yeah, dice boxy. Our our, sure. our friend Jen Manley Lee has a lovely ongoing sci fi graphic novel about lady hobos in space 
Dicebox.net. Who are who are married to each other, but that does not mean that they bone. They they sort of both go their own ways when it comes to the bedroom department, but they have this this partnership and this legal relationship. And so uh, Jen Jen's book is on sale now. The first dice box. Dicebox.net. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, it's really oh, it's awesome. Super pretty. Go buy a copy. They it are looks gorgeous. great. It's it's Jen brilliant. is a professional designer of many years' experience, so she has made a damn pretty thing. It's a good space story, too. It's yeah. a good story, and it looks fantastic. Yes. Uh, so we're all in agreement that Deep Space Nine is the best Trek? I'm not going to say nope. that out loud on the internet. I'll get hate mail. Okay. Uh, what are the best worst moments in the shows and movies? Anything that strikes you in particular? Like, there's got Best of Both Worlds. Mm. By the, the way, Bill, Gold Ducat. Gold cut. Yeah. Oh, it's another Since great character. Nobody asked me yeah. who my favorite character. Oh was. well, no, he is good. That's why I find the end of Deep Space Nine so frustrating. Is they sort of just not even like, that whole last like, episode. They're like, we've got seven years of, of fucking with this character. Now we're just gonna kind of erase even, all of his original motivations. We, that sucks. Yeah, this he, is, he is the only evil character on Star Trek that I really like. Well, because he's not really evil. He's just incredibly delusional he's, he's, and self-serving. He's not really, but he's human. He he. I can relate to the fact that he is a complicated character. Yeah. Whereas with Kai Wen and Q, you're like just you cackling just, asshole. Yeah, you're yeah. just here to screw things up. And oh, so although Kai Wen does believe that she's get, doing the right thing. There's something, yeah, She yeah, believes exactly. that she's doing the right thing, but I have no evidence as a viewer and a participant at, uh, at the audience you that do, she's doing the spoilers, right thing. Spoilers, you do a little bit later. She, not, she doesn't quite redeem yeah. herself or anything like that, Maybe but you do get with her. She doesn't, she stops being completely just, long, 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 Kai Wen. Child. And she, oh my ear. god! Don't touch my ear! That's weird! I love Kira so much. And then when she does that shit to Kira, and I hate Kai Wen that much, I just want to flip the oh, fuck out watching TV. You just want to cut her hand off. I just want to punch through the TV. That's I'm like, the oh no. thing I've ever heard. Odo needs to be uh, Kira's earring and suddenly, like, bite Kai Wen's hand <laughs> off the next time she does that or something. Oh my god. But no, I like Kira because, uh, not just because she's a tough character, but she's, it's interesting because she actually has to learn to temper her rage and stuff during the war. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, she's but I'm not going to go off again and watch. She's um, fantastic. Can I just say that my favorite character was Tasha Yar? Okay, it's fine. Wow. Okay, there. I, I said it. Okay. I've admitted yeah. it. There it is. Uh, we were talking about how stupid she was for leaving the show. Uh, I'm equally. I think we should also uh, Terry Farrell. That that was an equally stupid uh, decision. And Michelle slander. Forbes. She fucked herself over by not going to Deep Space Nine. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, Patrick had to take a leak. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so anyway, no, this is. I want. There's going to be a bump in the podcast. I just want to explain why. Uh, no, so uh, in preparation for this podcast, I've been looking at uh, Memory Beta, which is yeah, the the w- online Wikipedia for all the ex- expanded universe stuff. And it's interesting that like they have in the books, uh, Ensign Rowe ends up becoming. Is she like second command of D Space Nine while Kira is in charge? And then oh, well, I just went to such a fan fiction place. Oh, I know. <laughs> but she, you know who who she ends up in a wow, relationship instantly. with? Go on, uh, Quark. What? And not just on a one-off thing, bullshit. but that's what their thing is. I call bullshit. Yeah. Our Me- memory beta is a fucking fantastic. They talk about how Quark becomes or uh, Nog becomes a captain and of a starship and all this. Oh, it's fantastic! Like the expanded universe stuff is starting. Kira and Rowe do it, and it's great. Yeah, and, I, uh, everybody watches forever. If someone does not write a book about that, that's the <laughs> fucking crazy. Oh my god! Is there any preeminent lesbian authors we could have? Right? Do we? Do, you guys should just Dylan collaborate. McConus. Yeah, do that as your next <laughs> webcomic. Oh God! 
Colonel Kira and Major Rowe. Just hot, tempered by curious uh. Bajoran women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. Anyway, um, sh- do we talk about best worst? Okay, best worst moments of the shows and movies. Anything we like in particular? Well, let's all agree that the lowest point was the Janeway and Paris hyper evolve into sentient lizards and have babies. Episode. The one episode of Star Trek where even the creators of the show <laughs> admitted that that, that, is, that just, is no longer canon. That yeah. is definitely the low point. Is that somewhere in the universe there are hyper evolved salamander babies? Yeah. I, I like how on the show they're at the end they're just like, oh, let's never talk about that again. <laughs> I know, and like even with yeah, that was almost like a meta commentary oh, on the own, its own episode. episode. Guys, you don't need to see it. You'll never. Don't they end up laying eggs? Yeah, like they mate. It's not that they turn into lizards, yeah. but they fuck as lizards. Yeah, no, you guys. That is. It's and it's because they they go past warp ten. You guys and are they washing away all of my beautiful Kira Ensign Row images and replacing them with fucking lizards. We can bring them back. I will draw fan art just for you <laughs> when we're done but with yeah, this. But yeah, those are forty-two minutes of your life you will never get back if you've seen that episode. Woo. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, okay, this is. Uh, if you were alive in the summer of 1982, um... Yes, technically. Uh, okay, well, um... <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was a lad, but I, I went with my sister to see, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, yeah. and... 30 years ago. God, it was 30 years yeah. ago. It was 30 fucking years ago, my God. Wow. Well, okay. Um, but, just, like, the... Man, I can't. I can't even describe to you how what an intense uh, experience that was to be, you know, to have been to have grown up with the show. You know, Spock is like you know a part of your family, and then yeah. and then this you know the scene where he you know willingly gives his life and you know that whole, that that whole scene like Man. it was it was an intense like my sister was in tears the whole pretty much the whole audience in the movie theater was I, tears. I'm still impressed was, by how well that was done, too. Not the fact that you even killed off Spock, yeah. but just how classy it was. Yeah. And the fact that, like, uh, Spock and Kirk are divided between that, like, plastic barrier so they can't even yeah. touch. Uh. Yeah. And you know what yeah. really sells that whole scene for me is after Spock gets radiated and he's all fucked up. This is before you realize how fucked up he is. Like, they're all like, Spock, Spock, are you okay? Uh-huh. And he stands up and he straightens his outfit for a second. Even though he's about to die, his face mm-hmm. practically got melted off. He stands yep. up, and yep. even before he turns around, up. he knows how he's gonna how badly he's going to be fucked up. But yeah, like, he straightens his outfit and gets up before he presents himself to his captain. Yeah. And like, and what, I'm like, what? that's, when I watch that scene, that's when I'm like, oh shit! Yeah. What is more Fuck. Starfleet than tugging your shirt back down? The Picard maneuver, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he invented it before Picard was like, Yep. But yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, everyone loves that scene, but that still is a great scene, regardless of how kind of cliche it is to talk about how fantastic yeah. that bit is. I mean, it's a good yeah. movie, too, but, yeah. As a whole, I think, I, I'm almost tempted to say Star Trek IV works as a, as a film, as a whole, better than Star Trek II, though. Hmm. It definitely does right, uh, uh, yeah. does right by the whole cast better. Than uh, Star Trek too, because oh, all the entire cast gets there. always about ignoring everybody else in the show in favor yeah. of the captain. Do you have a hated? I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go on. Do you have a hated moment? In oh, I think when Sela showed up. Oh, Tashi. Even though I love Tashi Yar, like bring her back as Sela was just that was stupid. That was so. Just got a dumbass haircut. <laughs> she got dumbass shoulder pads. And to be everything about the Romulans, I wish the Romulans could be better. They have, they have those weird ridges yeah. that the Vulcans don't have. Their outfits are dumb. Oh, can I just... Okay, so this is a friend of mine. Uh, I have some conversation with a friend of mine who is of the Jewish faith. And oh, no. He, he 
insisted that uh, uh, the Vulcans are supposed to be Jews and the Romulans are supposed to be Arabs. Uh, you know, everybody always has these ethnic theories I know. about space Jews or whatever. <laughs> I don't think Roddenberry ever thought that far other than they're Chinese. Right, right. Yeah, Gene, Japanese Gene kinda. Roddenberry is very much a man of his generation for all that he was kind of a progressive goober. Uh-huh. His, his, his racial stuff was well-meant, but very generic and, and yeah. ham-fisted, and definitely very much of our parental or grandparental It'll generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then once you get to stuff like Deep Space Nine where you have the Bajorans and everybody's like, oh, they're space Israelis. You're like, well... Uh, yeah, that's kind of what they start off as, but they get a little more textured than that. There's maybe a little inspiration from that, but there's no... After the one half white, one half black face dudes things... And what were those aliens called? The Allegorians? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, from the planet Metaphor. Yes. Man, I was watching, I, just just in the last week I watched Best of Both Worlds, you know, because that's supposed to be, uh-huh. you know, great, that next generation thing. But then I watched the episode Family after that, uh, which is Kirk, or oh, is Picard. Picard goes back to the, the winery? Yeah, he goes lives? visit his brother, his uh-huh. brother's and a dick, punch. and he's got his little nephew. And that's a great, that's a great episode. It's yeah. one of my favorites. And that's when you see Picard kind of break down about how badly the Borg fucked him up. And that's, that's just generally, that is a fantastic episode. Which, man, got me thinking about how much fucking Star Trek Generations pisses me off where they just arbitrarily kill off his brother and his nephew mm-hmm. yeah. just to like they burn to death in a have fire have some pathos yeah it's so fake and manufactured just way of trying to generate instant yeah. sympathy for Picard and it's just man fuck that I mean yeah. oh I I tend to think it's almost I, I the Star Trek Next Generation movies are such a waste of potential. I almost pre- yeah. I just pretend they don't exist. Actually, yeah. yeah, they're 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 as bad to me as the Star Wars prequels are, where they just those stories are so un Star Trekky and make so little sense. Everyone loves First Contact. Fuck that movie. Well, it's again, just that's because Star Trek is not it's not like Star Wars. It's not built for telling big epic tales of things blowing up. No, it's, yeah. it's all about, well, the episode's coming to an end, so let's sit in the captain's chair and talk about what this episode was about. Yeah. What did we learn? I mean, like, the, it's the not ori- running away from explosions and slow motion. Well, the original series made the jump to movies a little bit better because that was a little bit more about punching guys, and like, that was, that lent itself a little bit more to just like, like, kind of goofy Well, yeah, heroics. but it was still, like, Kirk punching a dude. Yeah. And getting his shirt ripped, as opposed to, like, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the billion-dollar special Every effect. Next Generation movie ends with, like, Picard with his, like, sleeveless yeah. jumper punching someone, <laughs> and right before something blows up. Well, he's gotta up, show off his just guns. Like, Man's he's got, got good, great guns. Man's got good guns. Man, but... Man, oh, I was even making notes about how much Generation's pissing me off. They wish <laughs> the death of Kirk, uh, turned uh, Data into a gibbering hobgoblin... Uh, destroy the Enterprise D for no real reason, and uh, yeah, killing uh, Picard's brother and nephew off camera. Which I was thinking about. One of the things I was thinking about this episode, uh, we could also talk about what our ideas for a future uh, Star Trek series would be. And I was thinking, oh, you could have a, if you were to have a show that takes place in the future, you could have a nice little uh, cameo from Picard's nephew. But you can't because you burned death in a house fire. Well, also we'd have to ignore the whole J.J. Abrams. Well, no, because technically, technically those that are separate ex- universes. That's right? a separate yes. universe. Although, whatever takes place in the future, you still have to deal with a Romulus that's been destroyed. You mean a Vulcan? Vulcan got destroyed in our timeline, but the whole story begins with Romulus getting destroyed and what's-his-name going crazy, Eric Bana. That's why he's he's so pissed off at 
that Spock and chases him through a wormhole. Wait, wow, I totally blanked on that. Yeah, part. so Romulus in Star Trek Generations future is destroyed. But wow, that's hardcore. But okay, but then of course, yeah, but the, the Abrams universe is a split. It's a schism time. It's destroyed before they go back in time. Right. Yeah. So, but but okay, so. I'm saying though that in the, the future, the in the future of the JJ Abrams, they they have time they could potentially save or evacuate everyone uh-huh. from Romulus. But in the main center Star Trek universe that we grew up with, Romulus gets blown up. We can live with that. Yeah, sure. because Nobody because cares. Spock fails to keep it from getting blown up, yeah. and that was a weird thing about that movie. That of all the like the complaints you could have about the JJ Abrams movie, the fact that Spock screws up is kind of the least believable one. Because he's been, yeah, that's... Well, the thing that baffled me about that was I, I, with the Nero character, I got a sense that a lot of story hit the cutting room floor. Yeah, they, yeah. Because he'll have these moments of interestingness where, like, the first time he talks her, he's like, Hi, Jim. And you're just like, okay, this is an interesting character who's clearly got something going on. Why is he behaving with zero motivation? What were they doing for 20 years just scooting around Yeah, supposedly there was like 20 minutes of stuff cut out. It seems like there really was why he has that mixed delivery. And then he just turned into an evil elf dude with tattoos. It just didn't make any sense. Like, you need a coherent villain if you're going to do that. But the question was... What would we do for a new series? Uh, well, uh, yeah. If you were to bring back Star Trek as, as a televised weekly serial, what, what okay. would you well, choose? For first it to be? of all, uh, the new Battlestar Galactica did raise the bar. Um, I think there are certain conventions that were used in the in the original series and in the, the subsequent series. Um, you know, I shouldn't even talk about this because I'm, I'm just going to geek out to, to the nth degree. Oh, we, you know what? We're on a podcast talking about Star Trek. That is the theme of the week. You Would you do like? A, it's been a popular thing. People have come up with the idea that either the Federation has been destroyed or is on the brink of uh, collapse, and so it's either kind of like Battlestar Galactica or like Firefly they, Future. No, no, I wouldn't do that. That's what most people's popular idea. I know. So that you destroy the basis of the... The idea that you saw someone who's exploring, but they're exploring for themselves or something like that. They're not funded by Starfleet, so you still have that, like... Yeah, just watch Firefly. Or it's a perfectly lovely... Instead of trying to turn Star Trek into Firefly, yeah. it's a perfectly lovely show. That's that's what Enterprise should have been, was, look, this is all just getting They had their chance with that, yeah. And and they just didn't do anything interesting with it. Well, that's because Enterprise... Well, the people who created Enterprise had been working on Star Trek for 20 years, and they were just running out of fuel. Yeah, I really, I they just really had no like ideas the, left, and there was no fresh talent involved. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. I, I really like the stories where it is um, having to <laughs> having to deal with the conflict of different um, cultures yeah. living yeah. together. That's the thing about about Deep Space Nine that I really enjoyed was it was the here is this group of Federation folks who have this particular culture on the edge of the. The universe. It's Casablanca. Yeah, no Nazis. Yeah, yeah. well, or, and except they, and with they, Cardassians, and they, they have to learn how to get along with, or at least live side by side with yeah. the Bajorans and the Cardassians and the wormhole aliens and all that bullshit. Yeah, it was, it was fun to watch Starfleet be the people holding the foreheads of the two kids yeah. as they tried to punch <laughs> each other. Like, come on, guys! So to me, that stuff is the interesting stuff. So what happens after exploration? What happens when you actually have to start building. coexisting and building yeah. with one another? And, like, I think it would be, it could be super cool to see a planet 
Like a feder- a new Federation planet? Oh, like is? a new Federation colony? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Actually, that... Because it's... I You'd mean, have to come up with another kind of geopolitical situation that's that's interesting. But, like, sure. that's... But, uh... uh yeah, their mission Israel, is colonize this star system. There's something other than just Israel, like, Deep Space yeah. Nine did that you can do. Yeah. Huh. I never thought about just a planet. What? Or, like, you've got a, you've got a collection of system. three or four... Yeah, and then you could have different systems. parts of the planet. Yeah. Because like, then you could have the, the interaction and the trade between mm. the different planets, and maybe, you know, one colony is primarily made of... Yeah, you know. No, would you have this take place like just like right after Next Generation or something? Would, would, would have it take place, or, you know, around the same time? Fifteen as years after Deep Space Nine. Yeah, Because yeah. that's, I mean, that's the fun thing about it. There, there's so much universe to choose from. Time it's still a big is, universe. Yeah, time is sort of unimportant. Yeah. Um, it goes back to what Patrick was saying before: is when you <laughs> space travel. <laughs> um, <laughs> Time and time and speed start to converge, and so don't worry about time. Worry about the story itself and the people that are involved. Yeah. Eh. Huh. Well, okay. I I like to break the question into two parts. <gasps> ooh, ooh, nope. A Starfleet Academy show. That's what oh, they were proposing for sexy. a long time, actually, before uh, Enterprise. Where they I were thinking that. about Wait, that. Okay, was I? Well, that, that would have been like early. That like about the. Original crew. Well, a reality that, show new that is a Star, Starfleet <laughs> Academy. They need show. to get non trekkies and put them into a real Starfleet Academy, just to drive yes. them crazy and make them learn about but Star Trek. There's, there could be a lot of material there where you could have both faculty and you could have students and like, Starfleet, and then occasionally, you know, shit would go down, so you'd have it'd to be Harry Potter, but with tricorders. Exactly, it'll be Starfleet Harry Potter. Wow, Come the different houses. Wow. How great would that be? Answer so great. Ooh. Patrick has it. Sorry, Patrick. Go on. Oh, man. Oh, so I've got, like, three things to talk about. Okay. <laughs> okay, so this is actually something I wanted to do when I was, like, 22 years old. Um, have a... Okay, it's the Star Trek universe, but it's set on Earth. And it's not... doesn't involve Starfleet. It just involves ordinary people living on Earth in the future. Mm-hmm. Just, just showing what life is like. That would not be a bad idea. I've always been super interested in... Like, you know, what the hell is happening outside of San Francisco? <laughs> you can almost take your planetary idea and just have it be about yeah. Earth if you just wanted to be kind of like. Well, no, we've seen Cisco's restaurant. Yeah, that's not enough for me. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is okay. kind of. Especially now that, like, we know what happens to New Orleans, because that was the one thing when when Deep Space Nine was going on, New Orleans was still fine, right? It was before Hurricane Katrina. That is, you know, when Katrina happened, I remember thinking, well, at least we know we, it pulls through eventually because <laughs> there's a Cisco's restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Next I was, idea, Patrick. Yeah. Um, okay, so if I were the producer, um, this is getting a little bit abstract and meta, but if I were the producer, I would actually get, if I had the budget for it, I would get a bunch of, um, you know, living, like, science fiction writers, people who write space opera, uh, people like uh, Charles Strauss and Stephen Baxter and David Brin and, um, oh, what's his name? The guy uh, who made Heroes. No. Um, oh, God, what the fuck's his name? Alan um, Moore? Ald, uh, Jack Aldous, Parker? He wrote the Chasm City book, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, um, I would I would get some actual, like, like hard science fiction writers to just brainstorm on the Star Trek universe. That'd be interesting, yeah. Because I think, again, like I said, uh, Battlestar Galactica raised the bar. Battlestar Galactica actually, like, it was a degree more realistic... Uh, in terms of, like, the actual physics, the actual, like, um... 
It had it had that space above and beyond grittiness to it. It's not just the grittiness, but um, like, they oh, actually. So you know you're a nerd when you still the care FTL about space stuff was a little more real, where they just pop in and out. They're not like zooming um, to light speeds and they, stuff like that. They they observe the laws of physics a, a bit more obediently, uh, yeah. which I think added more drama to the show. Yeah. Um, but until um, the the actual human drama started to fall apart, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, though it's Ronald Dumont. The human heart doesn't obey the laws of physics, Bill. Um, Sorry. There is no sound in this space in your heart. What's but, your third idea? Well, just actually, I mean, what Katie was saying was just like, um, have them go explore. See, I don't like the idea. I don't. I don't necessarily think there needs to be any gimmicks. Whereas, like, the Federation is falling apart or whatever, or yeah. like the Federation is colonized by. Uh, you know, steampunk platypuses from Galaxy <laughs> Z or whatever. Like, okay, what if the Star Trek universe, like, they run into the Star Wars universe? Um, I hate no. you. No. Don't even say that out loud. No. I'm just, yeah. Um, but, um, just like, okay, so they just, they go into another, a new quadrant, and... This is what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I didn't mean to totally stop. Wait, uh, what's in the beta quadrant? Well, uh, anyway? we're thinking about Delta and Alpha. What's, well, what's up with the beta quadrant? What's going on over there? Well, that's like the broom closet they're still working the galaxy. Some, no, they're still working on some bugs. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. This is this is okay. Oh, I see what you did there. Well, no, 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 no. Boom. Wait, wait, wait. Actually, no, no. This just this is a memory that just came dislodged just this moment. Um, when I was watching the the pilot of Next Generation with my sister, mm. and when Q shows up. Uh, I remember my sister saying, "Oh, they're being probed by galactic intelligence." Like she, <laughs> she was reading this whole. My sister was a cool person. I, wow. She was. She was reading this whole like, she basically she was assuming Q was more interesting than the writers actually intended. Yeah. Uh, but galactic she, intelligence. There was this. She she like had this theory like, oh, Q obviously there's a there's this there's this web of galactic intelligence and it's sort of probing and testing the human species before it allows... It's kind of what he's doing, but he's not... not he's not what but she it turns thought it was, out he's but just functionally this, that's kind of what he's doing. He's but. just like some random Hesher, like, he's like the guy who hangs out in front of the 7-Eleven, like, offering to buy beer for teenagers in exchange for a pack of smokes, right? Yeah, they're on top of Except the on a cosmic scale, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but, but I think her, her idea that there was, there was some kind of deeper intelligence to the galaxy... Not was, quite a creator, but just some kind of not like God or anything. Harmonizing but just, energy that kind just of, like that there might have been a prior some sort of force, if you will. <laughs> no, 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 no. That she, surrounds us and binds us. That holds. No, no. My sister was not into that shit. She was, she was, she was an Arthur C. Clarke nerd. She was the whole idea of like the black monolith. Right you know, the black yeah. monolith that there was a prior race of, like, intelligent beings who basically sublimated themselves. It's funny that Star Trek's not really gone there. Aside from the, the alien race that created all of the, uh, upright... Oh, the progenitor s- creature? Yeah. yeah, the progenitor race that created all the races yeah. that we know in Star Trek. There really hasn't too much been much. Well, that's there. the other thing, too. Like, the CGI technology is available now. Like, I think one of the things that Gene Roddenberry was very adamant about was that all the aliens look vaguely human-ish. Well, also, though, I, th- I wonder if that was more just budget. I think With it was the budget. exception of the Hortex. Yeah! Let's not forget the Horde. Gotta be a Horde no captain. Yeah. <laughs> Love All the, the idea. carpets on the spaceship are just burned. <laughs> it just it just burrows holes through all the bulkheads in the ship. Yeah, I know they've got on a giant Roomba. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the next Star Trek series. That's how they're bringing it back. Yeah, like, well, Captain sure. Cooper C just burns engage. <laughs> <laughs> it never speaks. It just, oh my god. Well, it needs a Vulcan to just hang out. Like, <laughs> Strategy meetings take a really long time. 
Um, <laughs> oh my god. Ship's counselor is one of those giant things connected to the back of the ship, <laughs> sucking energy out of the ship with a big CGI space tail. No, yeah. Crystalline entity is, uh, is, is, is security <laughs> chief. Oh, uh, yeah, the little flying barfs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well my, no, my idea for future show was just almost kind of what you're talking about. Well, I was thinking about how, uh, uh, whatever show that would take place after Next Generation in Deep Space Nine would have to take into account that uh, Romulus gets destroyed. Mm. And so I was kind of looking at a map, uh, what the Star Trek uh, map Romulus is supposed to look like. Uh, turns out the only thing... Uh, Earth sits on the border between the Alpha and Beta Quadrants. The only reason uh, Starfleet has never really explored the Beta Quadrant is because... Is that Romulan space? Romulan space. So if the Romulan Empire Damn. collapses, boom, you got your beta quadrant. And they got another whole quarter of the galaxy that they could explore. So even if they just jumped ahead like another 70 or 80 years, just like the original Next Generation yeah. show, and just said, hey, this is us just exploring the beta quadrant, and you could have, you know, change in political structure of the alpha quadrant, or maybe the Klingons are suddenly into sewing or something all of a sudden for arbitrarily for some reason, or the Dominion are sending Twinkies through the, you know, DS9 wormhole or something like that. But yeah, that could be cool. Just another uh, an Enterprise... Just I don't know who the hell you crew it with. Oh, that's that's the that's the bitch. That would be actually harder than coming up with the basic idea. Was like, who's your the captain should not be a white dude. No, you know I want the captain to be um, an Amazonian uh, native with a giant lip disc. That would make it hard that to would... deliver some of the lines. I don't know. Is it hard to talk with a lip disc? I don't. I actually who's, don't know. Who, who's but... half Florida? He doesn't have a lip disc. So. Yeah. Um, what well, if the lip disc is like an iPod? No, I actually wrote some fan fiction back in the 90s uh, where there was a Starfleet, uh, one of the Starfleet ships had a captain who was Amazonian who had a lip disc and a parrot. I say it's not even human. <laughs> and a parrot. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, speaking of who would pick, choose for different crews, this is the last, our last segment is our handpicked crews. If we had to oh. spend seven years, seven seasons, Running around the galaxy, what ship and what crew would we handpick for our mission? Seven-year mission. If we're gonna have our own little Star Trek TV show, but you have to pick uh, uh, crew members from existing Star Trek stuff and whatever ship you like. Patrick, you came up with something, but you you were gonna staff your crew with a whole bunch of like random non-Star Trek people. Oh well, yeah, I thought it was like staff with anybody, so I was gonna be like, yeah, I, first my yeah, like um, yeah. Like I'd have like Nettered Stark uh, from Game of Thrones. I have like you what know Stark Molly be? from Neuromancer would be uh, the uh, security chief, and I have Buckaroo Banzai as the science officer. But no, um, um, no, I'm gonna take a pat. Everybody else go first, because like, I need to think about this a little bit more. Ensign Rowe and Major Kira. That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the three of you guys. Warp core has been ejected. They're just floating through space. Just making out. Yeah. No, no, trapped in the holodeck. I was gonna say it's all actually just their clothes place got in the blown holodeck. off by an accident right before they got into the holodeck. No, 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 no. That let them make t- their own. I always imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I always imagine uh, uh, Bajoran clitoral hoods to be rich. Ah, Bill. Ah, and just like that, it is ruined. <laughs> you get used to it after a while. Oh, I'm saying. Oh, 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 I'm just saying. Oh no, Kira had sex with Odo no, training no, on top you of Kira. S- this is where you stop talking. I'm just saying. Weird things have happened. <laughs> oh, 
My crew. Okay, well, fuck it. I'm gonna be talking about my crew. I would choose. Um, I don't know what ship. A ship. Give me a ship. I was gonna choose all of nothing but pack leads because that'd be hilarious. Because I am pack led in real life, practically. The I like the fat D. Guys. The D is my ship. The Enterprise D. Yeah. Enterprise D would. Be, if you're gonna live on a ship for yeah. God knows how long, the Enterprise. Enterprise D is. D is my ship. Oh man. And I'm sorry, I would totally hang out in ten forward with Guinan. <sighs> you know, you're just I like drink. Man, okay. And I get to wear a hat. I guess this presumes that <laughs> Guinan's hands on hats on Thursdays. <laughs> They're like the Burger King paper crowns, except you know. Man, she's just oh, uh, replicators uh, churning out hats over time. Yeah. Uh, I would choose my captain, Cisco. Yeah. Because he gets shit done. First captain, or first officer would be Kira. Yeah. Uh, science officer, Spock. Because you got you Spock. Come on, you got a Vulcan on there. Uh, Chief engineer, Scotty. Uh, I like him because he's fat and silly. I, Both great. I, Scotty, I like was, a person. Scotty was always my favorite character of the original. Really? Just because he seemed like the most normal human guy. Because yeah, he loved he chicks and getting into fights. and But he also was enough of a really nerd. really just hated his boss. Yeah, he hated For all boss. those demands he kept putting on him. Man, I love You him. jackass, you don't understand anything. Oh, man. Worf and Odo for security. Uh, Yahura, communications officer. Yeah, communications officer, you only what got so many choices. What the hell after the... Like, the, the this series. is based off a of meme off of Reddit, so that's yeah. why they also suggest choosing two security officers. I'm not quite sure why they did that. Uh, chief medical officer would be the doctor from mm. Voyager. Fuck yeah. Uh, not the doctor from Woo-wee. Mm. Uh, operations officer would be Chief O'Brien. Because he's the best. And counselor would be Quark. <laughs> oh, it just pass out drinks. Yeah, why not? You know. Yeah. So that's frustrated. If I had to spend seven years on a ship uh, with a bunch of Star Trek people, that would be my list as long as I am. We would have a very similar ship. Yeah. Hmm. Except that. Uh-oh. My captain's Picard because I'm a that's Picard a good... loyalist. Yeah. I see, my thing was uh, Cisco and Kira, I love their, how they interplay, so I think yeah. as a commanding unit they yeah, would work yeah. well. Yeah. But I want to see Jadzia as Picard's first officer. Wow. They might actually make out. I, like... I think it would be hot, wow. is what I think. Yeah, you... I don't think you'd like her. Really? I think she's I think, older than he is. I think that would be the first season. <laughs> yeah. I think they yeah. There's got to be an arc. Sure, and then and then they'd end up drinking tea together and discussing the universe. Yeah. Drinking tea out of each other's belly buttons. Um, I'm gonna take Data as my science officer because yeah. he's he's probably better science officer than Spock just because he's you know he's an a Android. fucking robot. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm also taking him because I want. Uh, Jordy is my chief engineer, and I don't, yeah, I don't like to break up a good couple. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. Fair. Oh, man. Um, Kira and Odo are my security team. Okay. Because, quite frankly, hand-to-hand combat, nobody's nobody's. That's actually away. a good point. But also, you're going to have security, security breaches because they're going to be making out. That's true. They're going to be sneaking off every once in a they're, while. They're suddenly, you're going to have Klingons beaming on their risks being taken but, with this choice. Yeah. Um, my, my comm officer is the computer because you don't need a comm officer. Um, Chief Medical is Pulaski because yeah. she's oh, yeah. a tough lady. I feel so bad for hating on Pulaski back in the day when that show. I did too, off. but now when I watch the shows, I really like her. That, thank that, you, that character, thank you. That, I have liked Pulaski for years, and everybody's always like, "No, she's she's mean." I'm like, "No, that character is what that show needed." She's yeah. the one she's character. The start of that show is like, I'm unimpressed. Yeah, <laughs> even like Elise, well, especially with Data, she's like, "You're a fucking robot." Yeah. <laughs> What is this? Everybody stop Get trying to here. teach him why kittens are cute. He's a goddamn machine. <laughs> it would have been. It would have sucked to see her suddenly, uh, eventually, over the course of the show, get a uh, uh, data. Okay, I understand you're doing whatever. Right, right. But it would have been fun to see that process. Yeah, anyway. she's a hard ass. I liked that. Yeah. Um, O'Brien is my my ops officer. Yeah. 
and uh, my counselor is Worf. <laughs> because I can see that he wouldn't. He would shoot you straight though. He wouldn't fuck around. Yeah, no. He's just gonna tell you that you're full of shit. But yeah. um, because um, Heard of because I didn't have must be strong. <laughs> Because I didn't have a purpose for him in any of the other roles, I've also yeah. chosen a ship's mascot, and that is Riker. Just hanging out all the time. Just, yeah, he's just like he's just, just like everywhere. Hey, just, you he's like, he's like the jester just, in the Kate Beaton cartoon. You know what? Yeah, he is. He's just breakdancing through the hallways during the dramatic trombone. scenes. Exactly. Let him play trombone. He's got he's got this really great gig in the holodeck every Tuesday night. He's but like, like Ron Swanson with his saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> he's just practicing. He's hanging on the warp nacelle. He's over here. You know, yeah. He's just, you know, he likes to be helpful by making observations that are obvious. And uh, yeah, right. tugging tugging on his, his uniform. Tugging, yeah. You gotta make sure. He gets angry uh, when anger is called for. And he knows. I thought you were just stating the basic states of human being. He knows how to uh, smile. Yeah. And tell jokes when ladies are near. He does have eyes that are turned at 45 degree angles from what they should be, too. Which makes him, when he smiles, he looks like the fucking Cheshire Cat. That's true. Oh my god. Right. But yeah, no, that's great. So they're gonna have Riker painted on the side of the ship, too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, just half naked playing the trombone. Yeah. yeah. Sexy. Okay, so... Alright, so I, I when I first heard this, I thought that, like, if you were the captain of the ship, so... so yeah, that is kind of like, yeah. No, but it's, so it's you not a question... You the captain of the ship. So, it's, so you this could, is a yeah, question... See, yeah, yeah, Okay, because really, I, I think the question, as I interpreted it first, was, if you had to be the captain of the ship, and you were concerned with your own survival, no, the survival just, of the crew, but, well, it, but in terms of, like, what would I watch... Like as a no, if you had, I was I was pursuing if I had to be on the ship stuck with these people. Say if I were just like a random crewman number five. Okay, so you're just like some blue shirt functionary. Yeah, who who would I have to tolerate? Yeah. Okay. You're you're serving on the ship. Okay. Well, I would I would pick the Enterprise E. Well, come on. We we haven't we've we've barely seen it. Come on. I know, but what we saw of it was half Borgified, right? So yeah, you know the only reason there's an Enterprise. E is because uh, they knew that they were going to have to build a bigger, uh, more detailed model of the Enterprise for future Star Trek Next Generation films after Star Trek Generations. Mm -hmm. And so they thought, well, we're going to have to build a bigger model anyway. Well, why don't we just blow up this old one? Just, you know, that'll be a story yeah. point and we'll just build a design and build a whole new ship. Which kind of fucking bums me out. Cause, yeah, Enterprise D, I still oh, I love it. It's My favorite Enterprise ship. design is still the Enterprise refit from the movie, like the original movies, like mm -hmm. Star Trek 1, 2, 3, yeah. and 4. That's still my favorite design. But yeah, if you had to live on a ship for God knows how long, the Enterprise D is over where it's at. So many stuff, holographs, or holodecks on the uh, My Enterprise imagination e. tells me that Enterprise E, like, was pretty darn swank, though. Yeah, well, it's, it's big. Saying. It's almost as big as the Enterprise D, so I would imagine it's got some kind of... Well, no, it does have a holodeck, because in the Borg episode, they... Or in the yeah. Borg movie, they... Yeah. 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 Um, so, so Alfred Warder for most of your positions? Who? Alfre Woodard. She was the black lady in, on, in that Star Trek movie. What's her name? Rosie. Oh. Rosie. Yeah. Oh, you mean the, uh, the, Earth, the Earth girl who uh, was... Yeah. Um, the black uh, Earth girl doesn't know what's going hard. on. Yeah. She was pretty hot, I gotta say. Yeah, she wasn't bad. Though... Oh, man. I wouldn't be saying this if I hadn't just had two glasses of wine, but I remember, like, she and... Um, What's his name? Uh, Zebulon. What's his, what's his name? What was the guy's name? The oh, guy, the guy invented the warp drive. Zephram Cochran. Zephram Cochran. God, I know that. Who was born so like next year or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I just recalling thinking like, there's no way they could be hooking up because like he's he was twice he was twice as tall as her and like how would that 
No, never mind. Never was mind. she banging Zeph from Cochran? They were they were on their way to like go, go do the nasty when uh, you know the Borg ship starts firing on them. Really? I don't yeah, remember that. Go back. At, well, maybe I was reading that into it because I don't. You know. wanted to bang Alfred Woodard or Zeph from Cochran? All right, let's go back around here. Uh, <laughs> oh, we we never did talk about who would want to bang. That's probably the most important thing of all. But anyway, yeah. Well, but, um, well, I guess that is part of our favorite characters. Is like, yeah, pretty much who would want to bang. Yeah. Um. So okay. So uh, make Kira sneeze. Yeah. So well, I I would want myself to be the captain, but if I weren't the captain, I yeah, guess you can be the captain. Okay. Cool. All right. So first, I wouldn't o- want to be captain of my ship. Fuck that shit. Uh, first officer, uh, Savik. Uh, no? which one? Uh, Christy Alley. Okay. Um. Uh, or else maybe the woman who was trying to get Riker's job in the best of both worlds. Yeah, was, Brian Dennehy's daughter. Was that Brian Dennehy's daughter? Yeah. yeah. She, was, she, was, she had it going on. Um, she was badass. That would have been yeah. great. Yeah, if, if, if best of both worlds had ended with Picard getting blown up and Riker becoming captain, that would have been great. She would have been great. Be, yeah. She would have been excellent, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, science officer... Um, all, right. all hot chicks. Maybe. So far? Um, okay, well, actually, no, there was a, uh, okay, in the animated series, there was a bird creature named Alik Am. You're not um, gonna go for the, uh, Emress or the cat chick or whatever? Mm, yeah, the cat chick was pretty, well, I just, I, <laughs> I just remember, I wanted to learn more about the bird people, so I would have had, I would, I would have that bird guy be the science officer. Okay. Uh, Tasha, of course, would be security. Um, uh, and then, um, what, what are the other positions? I'm sorry. Communications? Uh, communications. Chief engineer. Chief engineer. Uh, Just say, uh, Hugh. Hugh? No, come on. He's a Borg. He's traitorous. He's, he's good. He'll help out, though. Okay, sure. <laughs> Hugh. Okay. Hugh and Lore. Let's go for... Okay, let's go... Let's go total polyglot, then. Yeah, okay. Hugh. Uh... <laughs> and, um... So, so the science officer, yeah, that was the bird guy. Um, I suppose you didn't also pick uh, Larry Riker. Who's 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 <laughs> oh, the weird one? Yeah, no. Mustard Riker. No. Okay. Um, Tom. Tom Riker. Yeah. yeah. Who tries to make out with Kira, and then he just steals the defiant. Anyway, Morn. Okay, so yeah, Tashiar and Ensign Rowe would both be. Uh, Why don't you just clone them? Because you can clone things in Star Trek and just have them just clone them or, or holograms. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um, 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 so science officer? Okay, navigation, um, Oh my god, in Star Trek Next Generation, uh, the chick who played Worf's lady wife, whoever, uh, uh, Alexander's mom was. Yeah. She was super hot. Yeah. She also played for one episode, like, a Vulcan, uh, science lady. Really? She's fucking hot. Really? She might be a good idea for science And episode. the guy who played Jakar in Babylon 5 was also a Romulan in an episode. He shows up in a couple episodes, yeah. 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 He wore a lot of makeup as an actor. Yeah, before he died. He died not too long after Babylon 5, that makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Jakar. Man, fucking Jakar. Counselor? No way. Counselor? Oh. Hmm. Must we? Keiko? Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Miles! Miles! Put away your toys! Oh, you know, okay, the episode where they accidentally thaw out the, the, the sexy alien who, like, gives off the pheromones that makes... What the hell episode is this? Remember the one where, um... The original series? No, it was was Next Generation, um... Oh! X-Men Lady! 
Famke Jansen. Oh, was that her? Yeah, and she plays oh. uh, Picard's. She's also an X Men. It's funny because they're both. Huh. Almost, they almost yeah, fuck in that okay. episode. Wow. They almost. But yeah. then, like two years later, they're they're in the X Men movie together. Yeah, where she's the perfect mate for. She ends up like bonding I, with Picard. I just love that scene where she accidentally wanders off into ten forward. Oh, and she's like hanging out with the sailors and shit like and that. So every guy there is hot for her, and then um, you know, uh, Worf comes to like you know break up the situation. Like, okay, okay, no problem. And then like she gives him some kind of Klingon like mating growl or something and yeah. he raises an eyebrow like just and then <laughs> and then Riker I seem to recall says okay excuse me I gotta go to the holodeck uh, I know that's yeah. what was over kind of like <laughs> nah Jesus God yeah and so I, I think she'd be the counselor cleaning like an oven mm. uh, yeah. I think that they made that joke with the the, the hollow suites on Deep Space Nine. Oh, yeah. that's right. Didn't Nog had to clean the hollow suites after uh, God, he can't every night? They probably just had to airlock all the juices out of that thing yeah. every night. Oh. <laughs> is that it? And the podcast is that's over. It. <laughs> we killed it. And like mopping out. And like the if you still like Star Trek, it's amazing. Mopping out the holodeck, the like Star Trek story, <laughs> just like the just shoot on the on Quark's bar. This episode has come to a close. <laughs> Wait, Dylan, did you tell us who your crew was? Oh, that's right. Just it was just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> would you be there, or would you just be watching them make out? Well, see, it would be like how Mor- Moriarty is in that little cube at the end, where he's in the ship within a ship, only yeah. inside my mind. Wow. Wow. Turns out you're a robot, and that gets programmed in your brain. So that's always yes. that's like the screensaver going in the back of your mind all the time. Yep. That's- Instead of flying toasters. Oh, man. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> it would be vicarious bicur- Bajoran ladies with hot tempers. Wow. So, anyway. So, any final thoughts on Star Trek? I love it. It's a force for good in the universe. Uh, it's funny. On my show notes, uh, ult- ultimate force for good in the universe. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh... I'm still convinced that if aliens ever invade the planet, the one thing we could prove to them to show them that we're not evil is Star Trek. Oh. It's pretty much the one thing that, like... Which, or is if, what, which is what happens in Galaxy Quest. <laughs> oh, how do we <laughs> show that in Galaxy Quest? Yeah. Which, let us all agree, Galaxy Quest is, in fact, one of the best Star Trek movies ever made. Yeah, it's one of the best slices of Star Trek, period. It's not even an... Act- <laughs> Bill, stop setting off the Sonic screwdriver by accident. Uh, but yeah, uh, Galaxy Quest, yeah. But yeah, no, like, or if the humanity wipes itself out. If aliens find... God, could you imagine if, if for some reason... We're just reason... gonna send a DVD of it out into space, and that will be the, the flute. <laughs> yeah, that should be, yeah, Picard's flute. Man, if we ever find another alien civilization that is wiped out or destroyed, and it turns out, like, it's just a bunch of, like, planet of Hortas... Where it's a show about other, like the Hortus journeying off into space, and all the aliens the Hortus bump into are just Hortus painted pink or Hortus with ears. Or <laughs> like, like, why that. do I all look like what? Is that an idea what aliens would look like? What the hell? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Star Trek. I, I like Star Trek. Yeah I, I yeah, I firmly advocate raising your children with Star Trek. It's turned out very Is well. Is this how long? I'll wait. What do you. It's you my tricorder app. Okay, aww. aww. Oh, that's fantastic. If you've got a smartphone, you can turn it into a tricorder for free, and it actually has like a like a little geo. Oh, that's really cool. I know there's like a multiple like illegal uh, iPad or was it Pad P A D D apps for the uh, iPad, which turns your iPad into an L cars. L cars, yeah, thing. Um, Can I just mention something? What's that? All right, since it is Black History Month, 
Mm. Um, you heard Nichelle Nichols' story about why she remained on Star Trek, right? Yeah, it wasn't Martin Luther King called her up and said, please don't uh, yeah, jump off the she show. She met Martin Luther King uh, Jr. and she said that she was going to leave the show and he said, please don't leave the show because this is the only show I let my children watch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Plus, you're the only black lady on television who's not a maid or a hoochie. Right. Yeah. Yay. So. Oh, that's a really like, sweet story. Yeah. I've forgotten about that one. Really Thank cool. you, sir. Yeah. Thanks, Martin Luther King or Gene Roddenberry? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Do you know Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics for the Star Trek theme just so he can get uh, get half the royalties? Because yeah. he deliberately dicked over the composer of the theme just to get that half the money. Star Trek! We're trekking through the I can't what it is. Yeah, it's something <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this has been Bill Mudrin, Patrick Farley... Yeah, electricsheepcomics.com Katie Lane of Work Made for Hire Okay, I was I, I know your Twitter name more than anyone And Dylan McConus of DylanMcConus.com This has been Star Trek stuff Man, yeah You know you know how we're ending this, Bill Oh Live long and prosper